let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and I've just no words, mate, really, after, no words. after what we witnessed at the weekend. Oh, yes. For those of you who aren't following us, Infinity War. It, yes, it was quite possibly the greatest cinematic achievement Yeah, ever. I, I would say everything I hoped for and so much more on top. Yes, yeah. Expectations absolutely. smashed out of the park. Expectations met, packaged, sent, returned and met again. Yeah, it was... Uh, I, I think... It was awesome. I mean, the two and a half hours that we were there with our respective offspring just flew by. Absolutely. And, you know, anyone planning to go, you won't regret it. Um, I, for one, am planning to go a second time. I, I'm, I'll be going uh, again as, as well. Um, and I think we'll say no more on it, actually. There's nothing else we can say at the moment. Otherwise, it would just spoil it for anybody. Yes, that, because it would be really hard to carry that conversation without spoiling yeah. it. Um, but obviously, that's a great place to start following our last show, which was the hip- opinions on films. Yeah, which we've had um, some nice feedback on We've had some fantastic feedback, yeah. So thanks, everyone, that's taken... The, the time to tell me my confusion between Bruce Banner and David Banner. But you were right. It's been cleared up, though. Because I, I, I think I remember saying, I'm sure he has gone by both names yeah. in the universe. And uh, that thing that Gamma Baron sent through yeah. uh, was quite was quite instructive as well. I, I think I've seen that Stanley interview before, but it was quite a good one. When yeah. they said that for the TV show, they didn't think the name Bruce was um, manly enough. They didn't think it would work, really. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, uh, that was the words he said. He, he, he was told. Yeah. It was quite amazing, really. So that's how he became David. But it's back to Bruce for the films. Interesting. Yeah. Great stuff. So, so, so yeah, so, um, again, just get out and see it. And if, if you've listened to our podcast about Avengers Assemble as well, <laughs> um, yeah, thanks thanks for everyone that's taken the time. Right, yeah. so that's the... Uh, that's, that's the adventure. That's, that's the adventure. Now that's the beery bit. The nerdy <laughs> bit. Let's, let's get that out of the way. And, and let's, let's get on to some, some beer, shall we? So... Um, We've already got, we're starting off with a beer in glass this week. Yeah. Uh, cheers. Cheers. We're drinking um, the Cloudwater, one of their small beer series. So this is the small Citra Simcoe Pal, weighing in at 2.9%. I mean, you said it as soon as you opened it, you could smell it, couldn't you? I mean, it's it's got a wonderfully fruity nose. Um, but when you taste it, the first thing is it's sharp. It's incredibly sharp. I mean, you are getting... All the citrus fruits yeah. coming through on that, then possibly with a massive dose of lemon. Yeah, that's just really pushing through that that sharpness. I think that's what gives it the sharpness for me as yeah. well. Um, there is a little bit of a, a bitter dryness at the end as well. Not too much. Yeah, is what, which is you know what you'd expect as well. Um, and I think I've said it before, and we'll, we'll mention it later. I'm sure. I think at the moment, the small beers coming out of Cadwater are fantastic. They, they are in- incredible. I think they are very much um, setting the bar in, in terms of that ABV. Yeah. For, for the flavour um, and also the texture that, that you can get this, into that this, sort of this, this for me is really where, um, for me personally, this is where the New England style and the yeast, the Vermont yeast, and that really does work for me. Mm. This sort of thing, it really helps carry it because you've got that lack of body from the less alcohol. I mean, this really makes up, makes makes up, up the difference. difference. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. works really well, but 
again, Absolutely. I don't think you could just pack it full of one and take away the other. There's a massive skill being involved here, and I think it's brilliant. Yeah, very much so. Um, so this is uh, the first of a few beers that, that we're going to feature this evening because we have got quite a lot to, to, to pack into yeah. this week's show. Um, let's let's start off though with um, before we really dive into probably the one big beery adventure that, that, that we've had. Um, let's dive into the the first fanzine box that from from Brewdog that yeah. arrived. I mean, so we both signed up for this. Yeah, um, and I know quite a few other people on on Twitter have, and other people we know in and outside of Twitter as well. Um, I looked forward to receiving them. I did. Yeah. Um, Turned up when they were supposed to turn up. Um, packaging weren't too bad. Bit a small dent. I think people still think cans are indestructible rather than not indestructible. Yeah. Um, so maybe taking in between them, but I thought it was quite it's quite a nicely presented box. Um, quite makes quite a nice little picture if you wanted to to do that. Um, and I've got to say, you say that there were pictures of it all over Twitter for a oh, few yeah. days as well. Yeah. So there's a fair few people that have that have signed up to this. It's it's eleven pounds. So £22 a month for six different beers. Yeah, and, you know, other brew dogs have had them, but I can't always get to a brew dog. Yeah. So them landing on my doorstep worked out quite well, I thought. It's, it's perfect. I mean, I, I love everything about it. I, I love the fact that it's, for, for the 11 quid price point, including postage, you, you're getting three beers delivered to your door every fortnight. Yeah. So you're getting to try a constant stream of small batch stuff yeah which may or may not end up in the in brewdog and which may or may not end up becoming part of their core range or seasonal range i don't know but i'm getting them fairly fresh and fairly early so absolutely yeah so what did you think so if we go should we go in order of their abv yeah probably probably the easy way of doing it okay so the first one was the zephyr which was a pale ale version one citrus tart edition what did you think of that i Found it initially almost indistinguishable from Elvis juice in in, in terms of the, the the grapefruit that that was coming off of it. It was it was really tart, really dry. Um, I did did drink it on. Remember that one hot day that we had a, a couple of weeks back. Yeah, summer was nice. Yeah, summer was lovely. Um, I, I I drank that and the the next one uh, both on that day and that Zephyr in particular. I, I, is, is almost a perfect summer beer as, as it is you could have a few of those on a hot afternoon in the garden down the beach in the park and probably because it came in at about what the four point something percent yeah, well. 4.6% it was very low on bitterness as yeah. well um, yeah I mean I thought I, I, I give it I, I sort of said an, it had a nice lemonade aroma and flavour once you got past that initial yeah, yeah. fruit that's what reminds me of like the old fashioned lemonade um, and I've said it would make a great summer beer because I had it on a cold night, but it would—I think, like you say, a few months down the track, or that one of the two of the hot days we might get later on in the year, be fantastic. You could easily do a few of those yeah. without thinking about it. And it's, it's a session with ABV. And this is obviously one of the ones because it's—it's it's clearly been labelled as version one, so, so we're obviously going to see more variants of Zephyr, but yep. maybe with different fruit juices in them. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm assuming so, or maybe slightly different levels of tartness, perhaps as well. I mean, what? So, so, just to bring it back to nerdy Zephyr, isn't that the name of? Isn't there a Zephyr jet or something in in a shield? Or am I making that up? It's certainly the name of something. Something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, the nerdy bit came out again. Sometimes Anyone knows? 
Yeah, let us know. Yeah, and I just I'm, can't I'm, remember. I'm sure, I'm sure our fellow geeks and nerds out there will... there are quite a few. Yeah, 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 we'll get in touch and let us know. So, uh, second beer, Jet Trash version one, West Coast IPA, came in at 6.9%. What did you think? I absolutely loved it. <laughs> Spoiler, <laughs> or, or, or not, but that, it, it was exactly what it says on the tin it was it was a west coast ipa it was it, it was piney it was slightly resinous and it had a massive bit of finish to to it i probably enjoyed that one more than the zephyr um but i did find myself questioning where that would sit in the brewdog range next to probably its slightly older sibling jackhammer because they were maybe almost indistinguishable for me true I mean I said it's a gateway between Punk and Jackhammer okay because it's roughly it's just over 1% more than Punk and about 1% off Jackhammer I know what you're saying um, Jackhammer I think for the last six months or so has almost been perfect for the West Coast IPA we've said that a few times yeah. now that they've um, they've done to Jackhammer they've nailed that recipe but it comes in at over 7% yeah so this is just, not much less, but it's a little bit less. And I thought it was an excellent example of a West Coast IPA. I thought it was really nice, really fresh, um, really well balanced as well, actually, despite the fact that it had those like sharp, slightly bitter notes at the mm. end as well. But it didn't disappoint. It didn't disappoint. So I, I get that 3.75 out of 5 on untapped. Okay. So a good, fairly decent rate. And then again, and another one that's a version one. So, yeah. so we're obviously going to see Jet Trash again. But and I think with that one, I think I read somewhere they're going to be changing up the hops. Okay. To to see what different hop combinations do to the flavour profile of the oh, beer. I think that'd be I think that'd be quite interesting. I think that's in my mind that maybe have a bit more scope than the first one. How many versions you can do with the citrus? Yeah, you can only make something taste so many different ways just using kind of tart and fruit juice yeah. flavours to, to get it whereas there. I think with the West Coast IPA I think they've got they can do some more stuff on it but I thought it was it was a very good start to the to the fruit anyway oh yeah absolutely I was look, after trying those two I was already convinced that the, the that first 11 quid was a good investment yeah now I had all three on the same night mm-hmm. um, so and I shared all three of them with Michelle and she enjoyed them the favourite for me was definitely the last beer, Nebula, Russian Imperial Stout, 10%. I thought it was just everything I want from that kind of style. Um, lovely, sort of soft, velvety mouthfeel, really delicious aroma as well, um, and those dark, dark chocolate flavours. Mm. I thought it was really well balanced, I thought it was just really tasty. I mean, I'll give that a really good score on Untapped. Um, however, you saved yours, didn't you? I did, I, I saved mine. <laughs> for all of about 10 days I think because I, I must admit I was slightly influenced by um, a post that Mark Johnson put up on, on the day that they were released where he, he did a quick review of all three and he said that he thought that the nebula wasn't quite ready yet and it'd do from a period of time just just aging a bit clearly I thought 10 days would be enough yeah and, uh, and ten, day 10 coincided with what Steve? coincided with the weekend when we went to Infinity War. <laughs> I, I felt like it was the only way to finish the weekend when, when, when I drank it. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I, I think 
it could have done with maybe being a little bit thicker on the mouthfeel for, for the 10%. I think that's okay. the one thing that maybe let it down. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was, I didn't get the feeling it was thin though. I didn't get the feeling it was thin, it was just lacking impy stout body okay. for, for me. I, I, I do associate you want impy stout being a bit thicker. Sort of hanging on the glass a little bit more. But it was very drinkable. It was, it was certainly incredible drink. Oh, it definitely, incredible yeah. Drink. I mean, in that respect, it was, um, it didn't have perhaps that boozy edge you might associate with an impy as in, you know, sometimes that sort of, I've not, not necessarily a barrel, but like almost like a, um, a whiskey type of yeah. burn. There wasn't anything like that at all, was it? There wasn't any burn on it. I must admit, the first, from, from the first good sniff I took of it, though, I, I, I was getting uh, a boozy edge that I was finding difficult to place. And eventually, the only thing I ended up comparing it to was, was like a red wine. I, I was getting a similar nose to a red okay. wine from it. So. I wasn't getting any of that. I wonder if there's more than one batch. Or maybe that 10 days. Maybe the 10 days made a difference. I had it in a fairly standard kind of glass, so there was no, you know, there was no shape to the glass that was accentuating any of the oh, flavours okay. or, or anything. Yeah, it just sounds a bit different. Um, I mean, we both still loved it. Yeah. And, just and, and again, got slightly different things from it. Just to, yeah, just to reiterate that for, for 11 quid... I, I was quite happy to get a 10% beer in, in that box as, yeah, as well. There was, there was 6.9 and a 10%. Yeah. Which is not like I got four sub 5% beers. No. no. And, you know, I'm not, I've got no idea because we, we both got the email for the second lot coming out. So presumably the week we're recording and the show will come out, our beers are going to be delivered or have been delivered. Um, so I look forward to the next three. Yeah, me, me too. I, I actually can't wait now. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. what comes through. I mean, it's a, it's a good nice. innovation. Um, I like the price point and I've enjoyed the first three beers yeah same here so um, there you go if, if any of the folks out there want to actually mark this date in history there's me giving Brewdog credit exactly for, for something they've done if anyone else is, uh, if anyone wants to let us know what they thought of them so far I, yeah I'd, I'd love to hear other people's view, yeah. views on, on them as well um, and again just generally on the fanzine concept because I like I say it was one that the minute I saw it I was like I want into that yeah so that was one of our minor adventures yeah. since, since the last time we, we recorded. We did have a pretty, uh, a pretty big one in there, though, didn't we? We did. Uh, we, we took ourselves off to Manchester yeah. for, for the weekend, travelled up on the Friday night with our respective partners yes. on, on the train. Um, good few train beers. We did have a good few train beers, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. uh, hit Manchester and then um, met up with Wayne and Janice, the, the Irish beer snobs. In, in Brewdog for what was going to be a quick pint a quick pint before bed <laughs> and ended up being many beers until about half past one in the morning finishing off with a 14% barley wine if yes. I remember correctly yeah um, however we did manage to hit Brewdog at just the right time um, Wayne and Janice said when they first got there there was no seats no space and we rocked up they'd got like a nice nice place for us to sit yeah nice and easy decent tap list was on as well yeah we were um, enjoying those beers you know, that beer, the, the, the dark beer from Kinnegar oh, in, in Ireland was delicious. Like that was wonderful. Yeah. I thought that was really right on point, that one. Yeah. That's the one that stood out for me that evening. There was, there was that, and then there was the 10.5% impy stout that we had, and then the... And then the 14.5% barley wine. Barley wine. Yeah. 
That was a good idea. Yeah, we're supposed to just be easing ourselves in. Yeah, that was yeah. Friday our night. version of easing ourselves in. We might need to re- look at that definition I, again. I, I think so <laughs> uh, because we did have, we did have quite a big day planned on on, was, on the Saturday, didn't we? Yeah, and um, we actually added a few things to that plan as the day went on. Well, it was a it was a movable feast, wasn't it? Yes. In in terms of we had a a rough route planned in our mind that, that would enable us to take in because because we. We were going because I think I, when I suggested to you, let's, let's go to Manchester for the, for the weekend. I think what I said to you at the time was I, I wanted to go up there outside of an event yeah. or, or outside of something just to see the town and, and to experience some of the best drinking joints. And just to correct him before anyone says it's a city, okay? Before <laughs> anyone else pulls him up, we know it's a city. <laughs> I don't remember seeing the cathedral. I'm, I'm sure there is one. Okay. Uh, it's got a team called Man City, though. Doesn't matter. Does, is, is that, that if, if, if they've got a football team with the name City in it, does that mean they're a city? I think it'd be hard pressed to call your football team with the word City on it if you're not. Okay. Show, show, but my, someone, show, show enough my football knowledge. Someone else might mention it to us. Yeah, I, I imagine someone I'm not mentioning. I'm not mentioning the other Manchester team. Okay. okay. So, anyway, we enjoyed walking around the city. Um, and, and like I said, we had, a, we had a rough route planned that we wanted to take in kind of a mixture of some tap rooms and some bars and, and some other places. Yeah, which, which then meant we knew that there was going to be a little bit of a distance between one or two points. Yeah. Um, and it was where to start, that kind of thing. I mean, as it turned out, I think it worked out really well. I, th- I think it did. We, we were a little bit hampered at the start by opening times. Yeah. Be- because we were... Probably fair to say we were raring to go from about half ten. Yeah. And the only place we could have gone to at that time was Spoons. And we didn't really want to. No. So we, we, we kind of took our time and reevaluated things based on, on opening times. And, and the only place that we could find that opened before lunchtime was Track, who, yeah. who opened at half eleven. So, so we made that our starting point. Yeah. Didn't which, we? which again worked out fine. Had some, oh, well, we actually had some very sensible beers. We, we stayed below 3.5%. No, but uh, the Bale Ale was 42 isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because they had that yeah. one they'd done with uh, the Christian Bale Ale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, again, nice setup. Uh, I do love the track, the, like the Ameri- American pint glasses that they've got. Yes, the very beers. deceiving. Yeah, and that's, like I said, the one I've got, I brought back from Arizona, from the Rail Ale one I went on. It makes a 3.30 can look wonderful in the glass. Um, it's really good and the track are only what three or four arches away from Cloudwater yeah so it made sense to, to then move straight onto Cloudwater yeah which was already busy it was busy in track yeah um, Cloudwater there was no seating when we got there and we got there what about quarter past twelve yeah and it had only, only, only been over 15 minutes yeah yeah and, and let's it has to be said I mean Cloudwater had a fantastic range on mm. that, that day and they had everything from a couple of their small beers. I think they bought the small beers on in there. Up to a few of their double IPAs. Yeah, so we went for as well. I think near enough all of us, with the exception of the Irish beer snobs, <laughs> went for the small beers. One of the Irish beer snobs in particular who seemed to be on a mission to only drink double IPAs. Yeah, uh, stop number two, di- dipper number two. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and so we had some of the, the, the small beers which were tasting wonderful. And I think you and I then tried the Windrush, which was the ESB, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was a collab with, oh, the name of the brewery escapes me now. It was yeah, a collab with else. an American brewery um, that, that, that it was basically a take on 
an, an English yeah. style ESB. I thought it was really nice. It was it was beautiful. It was uh, it was caramel. It was there was creaminess. There was the malts were coming through. It was just perfectly balanced. Yeah, and that was our first over five percent beer. Yeah, so four beers in. Four beers in. We had we had done well up up, up until that point. Yeah, the wheels had not come off. They had not they come were off. Not firmly on. Just yet. Yes. And then we had a bit of a surprise, didn't we? On the way to uh, Beer Nouveau. Yeah. So we were always going to go and pay Steve at Beer Nouveau a visit. That was always a must. Um, and on the way there, it's wonderful guy in security who, you know, I'm going to pitch in late 60s, early 70s perhaps. Yeah. Wasn't really security, but he made such a good job of selling the place inside to us about the food and the atmosphere and stuff that we all sort of looked at each other and said, well, you know what? Probably not a bad idea to have a bit of grub. Yeah. In grub in the grub food Mayfield Depot, which I think they do outside during the summer. They've, they've, yeah, but basically where we went in was uh, was an indoor venue, uh, and behind that, almost directly behind that, there's there's an outdoor space as well with containers and things in it. And that's so where they, they put it in the summer. They use the outdoor space in the summer. And, and then they come inside during the It winter. was a great use. I mean, it had all of that kind of eclectic mix of furniture, um, you know. <laughs> there was a row of cinema seats, yes. wasn't there? <laughs> um, <laughs> and just all like bric-a-brac and knick-knacks and stuff. And then they had some wonderful, well, I suppose, best class of street food. Yeah. Um, all really reasonably priced, though, I have to admit. And this wonderful bar set up. Oh, the bar was brilliant. It was a brilliant yeah. setup. So we had fridges, taps, cask. Looked at the beer list and they had, they fairly much covered off everything to be honest. And the guys doing the bar were really infused as well. And I was taught, I'd already got my drink, I just went back. The guy said, You know, do you need them? I said, Oh, to be honest, I was just looking, which is what I was doing. And they gave me a few tasters of a few, yeah. a few drinks. Even though I had no intention of buying at that point, it had a few tasters. It was a wonderful pit stop. That's the sort of place you could have stumbled on and stayed for a lot longer. I, I think had we not had other places to go, I think we would have done. Yeah. Because there was a few beers that I wouldn't have minded trying. Yeah, I mean, same here. As, as it was, um, it might come as a shock to some people, we, we both settled on a pint of cask beer in there, didn't we? Yeah. Um, not, maybe not a shock for you. Not a shock for me. For, for, yeah. A shock for me, yeah. And again, it was a fairly, fairly sensible one as well, but it was just nice. I just wanted to light and refreshing to go with the, the food I yeah bought. it was a, a squawk pal out yeah. wasn't it somebody had recommended somebody said if you see squawk yeah. buy it yeah. and I had to admit I wasn't disappointed I wasn't I wasn't so I think by that point we were what maybe th- four or five beers in yeah. and we hadn't had it's all hadn't had a bad beer I hadn't had a bad yeah. beer and up to this point it was quite sensible it was quite sensible up to that point yes being nouveau happened and, and then somebody Steve <laughs> loosened the wheels yes so we rock up at Beer Nouveau, there's a couple of people, there's a couple at the bar. We rock up, Steve looks up, sees us, sort of says hello, and then starts pouring the 1916 Truman's Barley Wine. Yes. Six of them. It was about two o'clock, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it was absolutely divine. It was, it was just sublime. It was yeah. easily one of the best barley wines I've had. What, it was just under 7%? Uh, no, it was eight. Oh, I thought that was closer to seven, that one. No. Am I just making that up? Eight and a half. Really? Maybe, maybe yeah. Okay, but it was, a bit, it, it, was, it was a really, it wasn't overly sweet, it wasn't cloying, it was fresh. Because it was straight from one of his wo- small wooden pins, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, you know, and it was, it was easily my beer of the weekend. I'll put that there now. I had some great beers, I had some more good beers there as well. But that was just a fantastic beer. 
really didn't take that long to drink it either. It didn't, and we, we were trying our best to drink it slowly, but bearing he was in pour, mind... But he was pouring the next beer. He, he was, and it has to be said he didn't stop pouring us beers no. either, each of which he kept disappearing out of the back. Yeah. And coming out with more unlabeled bottles, saying, oh, you must try this, you must try this. And we were like, okay, what is it we're trying now? Oh, this is a, this is a meat stout. Yeah, that wasn't universally loved. No. And he didn't like it. I mean, no. It was basically like, bovel gone wrong, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and this is a Viking owl, <laughs> which tasted like TC, well, it smelled like TCP. It smelled like TCP. had a fantastically cleansing quality to it. It, it, wasn't, yeah. it didn't taste bad. You just had to get past the aroma. Which was quite a tough yeah. ask getting past the aroma. Uh, we tried a gluten-free impy stout, Kim's beer. We did. Um, again, I suppose the only thing lacking on that was just that bit of body, really. Yeah, it's perfectly drinkable. Yeah, and that, yeah. but that was it again at 11%. So bearing in mind, we got there at two. We left about four-ish. And there's going to be some beers we're not going to mention because we just maybe can't remember them. We didn't have labels, whatever it might be. Um, but... Such a good host. Absolutely. I, I cannot fault Steve for his hosting. Yeah. He's, he's always more than happy to stop what he's doing and, and spend time talking to people about beer, about what he's up to, about what he's experimenting. He's always welcoming. There's, there's, there's always a smile. Well, on, all the on girls in the group haven't met him. So Wayne met him once, didn't he? Yeah. You've met him a couple of times. I've met him once. The girls, well, I think, were blown away by him. Just yeah. by his enthusiasm, his knowledge, and just his friendliness. Yeah, and, and that's that's what it boils down to. And, and I, I think I said it on the weekend while I was up there, and I, I will say it publicly now. If if you go into Manchester and and you're only worried about hitting up the FOMO places, you're missing out on oh, definitely. on on an experience by taking probably 15 minutes to walk up from the station it's not as far as it sounds it's, it's not it's just a little bit awkward because yeah. there's, there's a bit of to-in and fro in either side of the railway bridge railway line and the dual carriageway and, and the minor <laughs> ring road that you have to get across that has no public crossing yeah. place um, but apart from that it's definitely well worth a visit um, and you, if you do go there you may well see some Colchester Beer Festival glasses that I dropped off there as well. Which you left there, Some yeah. half pint tankards, which Steve, Steve uh, said he'd gratefully take off me. And you know we have bought some. We bought some beer to take away, and we have got some beer on order from him as well. Yeah. So you know, but again, thank you very much, Steve. That was a, a real highlight today, amongst many many highlights. Yes, yeah. I, I will echo that. Absolutely. So, so from there, it was then kind of the longest leg of, of, of at the two points that we needed to get to because we decided to go from what's essentially one side of Manchester to the other because yep. we, we wanted to get up to the Marble Arch to, to sample some, some marble beers. So we all piled in a cab, um, got up to Marble. And it worked out well, actually. It did, it did work. It, it was literally about five minutes in the cab, yeah. wasn't it? it? It would have taken us probably 45 minutes to walk it. Oh, yeah, it would have... Been, it would have knocked everything back yeah but in, in the cab we were there quickly into the marble arch managed to get a table as well managed to get a table straight into the pints of pint which were bang on form yeah that's actually one of the things in Mark Dresch's book is having a pint of pint oh in, in the marble arch yeah I thought tick tick <laughs> um, and but, it's probably worth mentioning the cheesy chips with gravy I've actually written that down <laughs> cheesy chips and gravy I've got a little picture of us having a, with our cheesy chips and gravy 
they were that was like almost the perfect beer food that was yeah it was just the right amount of everything on so that. So I think the gravy was, uh, it was a Manchester bitter gravy as well, as well. Yeah. so it had actually been made. It was quite thick, I mean, yeah. I, would, I would argue it was more, almost more of a sauce. I would agree. Than it a gravy. Far more of a sauce. But that's semantics, but yeah. it was absolutely delicious. Um, which we then followed up by having a pint of Manchester bitter, didn't we? Which was also cracking. Yeah. Um, and it was just lovely atmosphere in there. The pub was yeah. lovely, everyone was just having a good time. Um, again, could have stayed there. I could have stayed there. There was enough, for, there was enough beer longer. and I would have happily revisited the yeah. ones I'd already had. But there are a few more places we wanted to get to. Yeah, so so far we've been track, Cloudwater, Grub, Beer Nouveau, Marble. There is another four to go. Yeah, and, and up until that point, they were all the places where that, that were on our list, with the exception of Grub, which, which we literally fell upon. Yeah, which was a pleasant surprise. Um, we then met, met a fella called Dikos. Yeah. some people remember him from, from Twitter I don't think he's on there anymore we met him in, in the Marble Arch and purely by accident purely by accident and he was like there, there are a couple of other places you've got to go to before you go to the next one so he recommended uh, the Angel and the Smithfield Tavern yeah. um, the Angel was a fairly quick pit stop it was busy in there a fairly standard range of beers yeah and it was one of those it was one of those bars where the actual bar space was really small it was cramped wasn't it it was yeah. the, it was what it was busy because it had outside bits which were sun traps and it happened to be a quite nice that afternoon um, and for me the bar staff weren't necessarily quite on it there was a sweet spot at the bar where you basically just had to be there and you would get served and it was what I would class as one of those archetypal blind spots at the bar where it didn't matter how long you were there you were never going to get served in that spot yeah as um, long as the sweet spot kept getting refilled you were always going to miss out yeah. on a bit I mean you might one of those places which maybe on a, on a quieter time than when we were there you might appreciate the pub a bit more um, but then it was a short walk around to the next recommendation Smithfield Tavern now I actually quite liked the look of the Smithfield Tavern both inside and out but I know that the girls weren't overly that infused about the barn. Yeah, and I, I think we we, didn't, went, we went to the bar. We didn't go to the bar, did we? So we, we can't comment on that. And the Smithfield is it's kind of blackjack's taproom as as well. Um, and I have to hold my hand up, or we maybe have to. <laughs> um, we didn't have a blackjack beer. Nope. Because we saw that they had Colonel Citra IPA. <laughs> And, and that was pretty much it yeah. for, for us, wasn't it? So we just ordered two pints of that. Yeah. And then uh, there's a photograph of us holding our pints of Colonel Citra IPA laughing. Yeah. And we suspect we're laughing that we've gone all the way to this black chat, blackjack tap room in Manchester and drunk Colonel beer. I, I think that's what we were laughing <laughs> about. But again, a, a nice space and it, 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 was, it was helping bring us back into the centre of town. Yes, it was, it was back, back towards the right direction, to, wasn't to it? To go to. Uh, was, it, was it the Pilcrow next? Pilcrow was the next stop, um, which was on the list. We were humming an hour and about it and, uh, and Wayne said he really wanted to visit it. So it was literally just around the corner from the Smithfield. So we, we just yeah. went around. Quick beer in there, quite busy for a Saturday night. It was busy. Um, so I think you said when they have their summer beer thing, they use that space outside, don't they? Yeah, it's quite this concrete space in, in, in the middle. Um, but unbeknown to us, there was a, there was a Burning Sky takeover yeah. go, going on. So um, there was some, a, a good few of those beers. Although we did have the funkiest IPA ever. We did, and we were probably a little bit disappointed that it wasn't advertised as such. It was funkier than I had expected or anticipated. I'm fairly certain that was the only drink I didn't finish. 
I think I left half of mine as, yeah. as well. Yeah, I, was just, I was just finding it hard work. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't what I was ready for at that time. No, I, I was ready for, after, after the, the Colonel IPA. I wanted something similar, <laughs> yeah. let's, let, let's be honest. Um, and then we made our way to what was to be our final stop of, of the evening. Cafe Beamoff, where we did spend a lot of time and the wheels were off. Oh, the wheels had fallen off on the way. Yeah. Um, apparently, we, we found out the following morning that you and I, um, so disappointed in our beer choice at the Pilcrow that mid everybody having a conversation, we just walked <laughs> off. <laughs> because we wanted another beer. And not another Burning Sky beer on this occasion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, leaving the, 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 other, the other members of our group wondering what they had said <laughs> I, I think it was so we, we got to the pill crow and sorry the beer moth oh yeah sorry we, we, we got to the beer moth and we had a few beers in there and then all of a sudden they were sharing bottles yeah uh, as beer well. just suddenly turned up and I think most of us had two or three glasses on the go by that point uh, yes I definitely had three glasses on the go by the end of the evening yeah I mean but it's, again I mean because I've heard of all these places and heard people talk about them and even, you know, being on kind of thing, I've done some recording in Pilcrow and Cafe Beermoff. You don't really, can't really picture it sometimes. Cafe Beermoff is not definitely not what I pictured. I was expecting a smaller venue. Oh, okay. Because it's quite long, isn't yeah. it? It's a long venue. Yeah, and again, we've got a lovely spot with that long table as well. Yeah. Um, near the bar, we could see everything that was going on. It was a nice atmosphere in there and, you know, it was actually a really good place to finish off. Because we could have a variety of beers and, and the sharing. I don't know what, why we started doing the sharing bottles. It's not like I needed sharing beer. One of those you can blame Michelle for. That doesn't... That's, uh, I think that the figures. other one you can blame either Wayne or Janice for. Okay. Um, Again, all figures. Yeah. It all makes sense now. Yeah. But the, the, the one thing was that despite it being a Saturday night, none of these places were rammed. No, uh, Pilcrow and Angel felt busy, but that's, I think, because they're a bit smaller inside. Um, but... Cafe Beermoth certainly and Smithfield Tavern didn't. Uh, Marble Arch was one of the busier ones, I thought. Um, but it was a cracking day. I mean, the places we went to were good. Steve at BNOV was great. Um, but it, it was the company amongst the six of us. Yeah, and which that's, nailed that's it. I think I think it was Steve that said it because he posted a um, a picture of the six of us on. On, on Twitter from visiting and he simply put the caption with it beer is about so much more than what's in the glass and I think that that summed the weekend up for, for me it was it was a great day yeah it was it was absolutely great day the day just went along at a lovely pace didn't feel like it was slow or rushed and I have to admit we did have a really good time in Manchester on that on that Saturday um, and then on the Sunday we decided well, we haven't had enough beer. <laughs> we've, got an, we've got to be out of the hotel. We've got an hour and a half to it. We, we, we've got to go to the Piccadilly Tap as well. Which is conveniently placed en route to the station, so we kind of had to. Had to go there. Um, I have to admit, from the outside looking in, it doesn't look as good as when you're actually in the tap looking out. I think it's nice to space inside. When you go past it... You can't really ju- you can't really see what it's like inside. It's kind of very industrial unity, yeah. isn't it? And um, but I thought it was really nice inside. Good tap list. Um, tell you what, I was surprised to see in there was um, Adnams, not on tap, but in bottles in the fridge. Yeah, 
you know, there was quite a decent range of Adams in there, which sort of caught me out a little bit. They, I, I have been in there before, and they do have Adams on fairly regularly on the on the taps. Yeah, well. they had the mosaic, which I had, yeah. a, I had a pint of. Uh, but yeah, that, that was nice in there. It was a nice. You know, it was one of those, you know, where we were, were all a little bit quiet. First of all, I, I think it's fair to say. But then, you know, the beer snobs had to leave about half an hour before us because they were getting their plane from Manchester. And then, um, you know, we popped into the station, went to M&S. Guess what? More beers. beer. Yeah, more beer <laughs> uh, on, on the way home. But it was, it, was, it, was, it was cracking. It was, it, was a, it was a really good weekend. And that, that's very much um, what prompted us uh, to ask the first of this week's questions. Opinions, 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 opinions. Which was... Is Manchester now the beer capital of the UK? Just because we've been there. Just because we've been there and, and we've established it as such. But also because, I have to say, when we do polls that specifically name a place, <laughs> we do get a lot of engagement. Now, before we go into... Um, we've obviously just given our thoughts on, on Manchester. Yep. But before we go into to comments, we've both finished the, the Cloudwater Small Citrus Imco Pal. Um, final thoughts? I don't mean I've got much out to it. Superbly drinkable. I think they're nailing the small beers. I think they're nailing the style. Um, I think this is where the body really works. And I could quite happily drink a couple of those, if not more. But these are, when people say, you know, we joke about the word sessionable quite a lot, 2.9%, that's sessionable. And they were tasting really nice when we were having them from the tap. Oh, absolutely, and the fact, like, like you say, that they have there are at least four lines dedicated yeah. to the the small beers. One of the, one of them was a fairly new one, annoyingly because it wasn't on untapped. Yeah, didn't you have to create it? I had to create it. What's that all about? Don't they know who we are? <laughs> so we're just getting um getting the next <laughs> beer into to the glass. So which, keeping with the Manchester theme. Yeah, we've got we've got a bottle of Colonel, <laughs> and it's Citra, and it's it? the Citra, um, and the the, uh, the cloud water and the Colonel Pale Ale and the next beer coming up. We have uh, we, we've purchased while we've been here at, in Shenfield at um, Licorice. So thanks again to the guys for letting us use their uh, their tasting room at the back. Yeah, we we do enjoy using this space and selecting beers off the shelves to to, to drink. Yeah, there was quite there's quite a nice little range in there actually. Yeah, a, a very good range for what is a small. This is the town. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is the town. For what is a small town, and also predominantly it's a, you know spirits and wines. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a great craft beer selection yeah. as well. Not just craft beer, some traditional stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, and let's, just, let's just call it beer. Beer. That's the great beer selection. Oh, save that. Save that. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah, so we, we were asking this week, is Manchester now the beer capital of the UK? Um, lots of votes on, on this one, 520 of them. Um, overwhelmingly, 72% of people said no. <laughs> um, it, it's not. I would hazard a guess that those 72% of people aren't based anywhere in the north. I would say that as well, but um, you know, first of all, thanks again for voting. Five hundred twenty, anything over that 400, 450 is always a good, yeah, good, it's a good indication, yeah, that people have got interested in it. And yeah, like you say, you know, it's a very specific question as well. It, it was. There was no if or but or maybe. No. And I have to say, in, in in what we're about to go through, I did ignore all of the answers that said no because this place is because that's that's not what we were asking this no. week. We were, we were specifically asking about Manchester and I, I think I reiterated it on, on one of the retweets I did where, where this isn't essentially for me it wasn't just about the beer it was about 
the place, the atmosphere, the vibe, the breweries, the tap rooms, yeah. the food, the bars, everything. Yeah, I, I don't think it can ever be just about one aspect of it. But before we crack into it, let's let's get into a little bit of a kernels so we can probably <laughs> sit here chuckling, <laughs> chuckling about it. Yeah, that's unmistakably the kernel, isn't it? Mm. It's got a lightness to it as well, hasn't it? It's incredibly light. I wonder, what, if it, 5 point, 5.3%? Yeah. I wonder if we're feeling the lightness because of the body in the, in the small beer before that. Maybe. Maybe it's that sharpness in, yeah. in the small beer that's kind of really set your palate. At, at that's, um, oh, that, that's, we've split a bottle here. That's not going to take too long, that one. It, it's not. It's a good so, job the next one's a big can. Exactly. But not a tall boy. No. Not allowed to call they, it a tall boy. Barely exist. Yes. Um, so let's go through some of these comments. Uh, let's, let's, let's see what we had. And, and I think quite a few of these are from people that are in or around the area. Uh, first up, Kaylee from at Kaylee Pie said, it's definitely a contender. The amount of breweries and bars within walking distance of each other is a huge factor in that. We certainly saw that, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, can't disagree with that. Um, you, you know, in addition to obviously the places that we visited, there were a huge number of what you would call craft beer places mm. that, that we could have visited. There were other places we could have well. done. There, there was at least one other marble place we, we could have gone to. Mm-hmm. There's um, Pork Street, which we didn't even get anywhere near. No. You know, lots of places where we could have gone to in addition to, to where we did. Um, next up from Mark Johnson. At Mark N. Johnson, uh, the question, this question always needs outside London included, but that is very different. Manchester is definitely unique as an experience to others with its many brewery taps close to each other. Things like Grub, Brewing and Pub Heritage and New Craft Bars still prefer Leeds. Fair enough. I mean, I, I would say that Leeds and Manchester are really hard-pressed to separate the two. I think that for me, that maybe, and you know, it's, it goes without saying that I'm a massive fan of Leeds. Yeah. I think for me, maybe the thing that, that, that separates them now, clearly in my mind, is, is what both Mark and Kaylee said before, the sheer amount of breweries that there are now. And they've all, they've all got tap rooms. That have all got tap rooms. Because there was, there was other ones we could have gone to. There, there were, well, we were up there on the day that Wonder Beyond were launching their canned yeah. range, um, which I've got to say, I'm disappointed we missed, having got a very brief taster of one of the cans from from someone who was visiting being yeah, with Yeah, didn't Michelle try the three percent one of their three percent yeah at the Marble Arch as well? Yeah, she, she had really, a small she really enjoyed that. Shake, yeah, um, there's 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 Alphabet. There is uh, there's the beer merchants have got or Cave Direct yeah. have got a, a, a tap Runway Brewery. They've got Runway there. Squawk. We you could we could have done a day just on lots of places that we didn't we get. We could have to. just done tap tap rooms. Yeah. Or pubs, which um, double up as a tap room. Yeah. We could easily have done all of that and not gone to any other, anywhere else. But, you know, we, we only had a day. Yeah. Well, I think we packed quite a lot in. We, we did pack quite a lot in. And it's, it's, it's probably probably fair to say as well, we may have been doing a little bit of research for a future certain time of the year crawl. Yes, but, but we won't say anything else We yet. won't say anything else on that just yet. Um, Dave Jeffrey at the Dave Jeffrey One. It seems that way. They are good at shouting about it. Other beery destinations need to start doing the same. We have fantastic breweries in Newcastle and down the road we have Leeds and Sheffield who are just as good. Again, I can't disagree with that. A lot of people bigging up the north. 
Oh yeah, really, yeah. Really here, and, and again, probably emphasised by James at Gamma Baron, who said, "What a time to be living in! Far too much local loyalty for folks to admit a preference elsewhere. The scene is certainly in rude health and will only get better. Hopefully, not to the detriment of cask." Hashtag Northern Powerhouse. Oh yeah, there was definitely. Um, although some, you know, like Mark said, prefer Leeds. In no way did he disparage what Manchester had to offer. Um, you know, James. We know he's a Yorkshire, so he, he's not going to suddenly turn around and say it, but again, he was then extolling the virtues of the North. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and again, we've, we've done Newcastle, we've done Leeds, we've done Manchester, and, you know, and we've done Sheffield. I can't disagree with any of those comments. They're all great places to, to, to visit, and they've all got a very, what you could describe as a scene that's very unique to that town yeah. or city. Yeah. That, that I wouldn't say any of them... You get that feel for them, but you we have you know especially the southerners we've gone up north, but they are different to each other. Yeah, you know, but they're different in really good ways. But they are, and I will even go as far as saying that once again, I enjoyed all the cask beer that I drank in Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Probably because it was all through sparklers. Were they all through sparklers? Most of it was. We have started checking as well, haven't we? <laughs> we unfortunately, we have. I don't, I don't think. I don't think anything we had on cask. I only think we maybe had a couple on cask at, at being involved. The stuff from Marble Arch was definitely sparkled. Yes. Um, I mean, that's without a shadow of a doubt. I'm pretty sure the squawk beer in in, in Grub was sparkled as well. Oh really? Yeah. Mm, I wasn't so sure about that one. Marble Arch, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no doubt about that. But they were cracking for yeah. anyway. Um, so Pete from Hobson at Hobson Hoop said, I think London still holds the belt. Too many great breweries to list, plus great modern bars and cosy traditional pubs. Out-of-town breweries opening tap rooms in Porters, bringing in rare beers from Europe and super fresh beers from the US. Other cities have all of these too, but not in the volume that London does. Sure, if we look at the size of the city as a factor, others have an argument, but in terms of sheer volume and choice, it's London in my mind. What, what do you think on that one? Um, I think, I mean, again, I don't think it's any secret, but I am a very proud Londoner, born and bred. Um, but I think the difference is that, uh, and it probably goes back to Mark's comment about the outside London bit, London, when, when we talk about London, often we talk about pockets of London, don't we? We never talk about London as a whole. No, yeah. because, I mean, if anyone's ever attempted the Monopoly pub, the Monopoly pub crawl, yeah. which is basically 26 stops, it's an incredibly difficult task to do. Um, in one day you can only manage it if you do skip a couple of public transport sometimes and maybe hop in a taxi and you start before 11 to do it this is from a man who's done it three times so <laughs> it, 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 it's seasoned athlete yeah, it's all down to the training so you, you do have to work at it but you do crisscross London and stuff generally you know for, the, for us and our listeners and people we follow on Twitter people tend to do like Hackney Bermondsey or, or other pockets and stuff or Shoreditch it's becoming very pocketed yeah. now isn't it and yeah. that's quite interesting because when I the, one of the two interviews I've done for the show the one I did with Sam Brook quite early on um, it's that's something he said Duncan, Duncan Sam Brook said he said uh, he thinks it's becoming that sort of village feel mm. pockets of areas are turning up and once you get one or two then three and four turn up and then five and six you know Bermondsey's a perfect example of that now and that's what sort of then encouraged people from outside of London to open up places. I think London is great. London's handy for me, not and quite handy for you as well, Steve. Um, but I think it's probably just, I don't know if you can sometimes include it. 
because people because tend to talk so about big. pockets of yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you, if you go back to what we did in Manchester, we were able to crisscross the... Where we started literally in the centre where the station was, we, we came out to the furthest point at Bier Nouveau, and then in the space of five minutes in a cab, we were at the other furthest yeah. point. We wanted I mean, it to took another five minutes getting out of the car because of all those seat adjustments <laughs> to get seven of, us, seven, of us, seven of us out. It was brilliant. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I, I, you know, and Paul at UNRCD sort of echoed what Pete said, you know... I can't disagree with that comment, but I'm just not sure it it's almost is on its own as far as the UK is concerned because it, of its size. It is, and, and, and a couple of other comments that we had in, in a similar sort of vein, not necessarily about London, but so so Nate at Nate Dog27 said, I've not drunk in Manchester, uh, but I think the best beer city in the UK is a very subjective and sometimes personal thing. I would argue like hell to say why Norwich is the best beer city in the UK with evidence to back it up. And I'm sure anyone can argue that their city is too. And that's from uh, Nate at Camel. At Camel, who's who started a new campaign for Great Lager <laughs> this, this, this week. Um, and then, then finally on this one um, from Justin Mason at 1970s Boy, uh, Justin said, Do we actually need a beer capital in the UK? Thankfully, we can go to so many places in this country now and enjoy great beer. The title is totally irrelevant. I'd like to go somewhere and celebrate a regional style, unique ingredient or production method. That would be worth a title. It's a good point, but I always quite like these kind of polls. And, I, I and, 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 you know, I don't know, we've only read a selection of comments, but none of the comments I read at the time were disparaging to other places. No, they were just people saying these places are better. Yeah. Um, and plenty of other places got shout out, you know, Bristol got a mention. Yeah. Or more than one mention, if Leeds, I remember correctly. Newcastle. Yeah. I think somebody even threw Birmingham in there. Yeah. And then admitted that maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you say, every time we do one of these, is so and so place the best place to drink beer in the UK? It's always one that I think just to sound like echoing what Nate said there, everybody will get really passionate about their city mm-hmm. and, and want it to be their place. And like you say, I would love, I would, God, I would love to be able to say that about somewhere in Essex. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I, I really would, but. I just can't. No, there's a couple of places I can talk about. And, and that's it. And if all of those places, in terms of when you say places, we're talking venues. Yeah. If all of those venues were in one town, brilliant. Then maybe we could, but yeah. they're not because yeah. they're so scattergunned all over the place. Yeah. So I think it's great that we have got so many places we can go to. You know, like I said, we've been to Newcastle, Leeds, Sheffield, Manchester. You know. There's a wealth of plant. There's plenty of other cities now as well, and large towns which are really nailing it. And you you see where people are going to. You see the bars. You see some of the breweries. And you think, yeah, that's got to be on the list now. Yeah. The go the go to list with regard to drinking beer, not just in England but in the UK, that list is just growing. It's just get, yeah, it's just getting longer and longer, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, pe- people do seem to be wanting to get good beer out there, and you know it is very good, but. I would have to say that the experience in Manchester was very good. And yeah, slightly different to perhaps a couple of the other places mentioned here because there are so many breweries. Yeah. City-based breweries where you can get easy access to their beers and they're all opening tap rooms as well. Well, they are for all intents and purposes on that kind of what's referred to as the Piccadilly Beer Mile. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, not all of them, but the vast majority of them are. And if 
if they were to all open their tap rooms at the same time, you could spend the whole day just going up and down. Yeah, it would be, it would be very comparable to the Bermondsey beer mine in that respect. Yeah. Especially how it started out with your six or seven. Absolutely. But I suppose the thing that sets it apart then is that you're not far away from the city centre and all the oh, other no. great bars. Yeah, because in Bermondsey, you, you are still, you're not in London city centre. Yeah. You've you, still you, got to travel. You've still got to travel. Yeah. If you do want to do St. Kells with your time, once you've left that bit, you've still got a bit of a travel to do. Yes. Whereas you do Piccadilly, you're in Manchester. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, um, that's the Manchester. That was oh, the Manchester one. And, 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 and discussion. And thank you to everybody who, who got involved and commented. As, as always, we're really grateful for people taking the time to comment. If you do still want to have a, a, a view on uh, anything that you've heard or what we've said about Manchester, by all means, tweet us, use the hashtag opinions. And, and or any other contenders for capital. Yeah. Capital of beer, capital yeah. of craft. Throw it in there. Throw it in there and, and, and we'll consider all nominations. Exactly, because you never know what it, where it might lead to. Exactly. Exactly. So we're um, we're almost at the end of our Colonel Powell. Well, as predicted, it hasn't taken long, has it? It's not taken long at all. I mean, there there is a on the nose there. Just towards the end, this I'm I'm getting quite some some like pithy orange yeah. in there, and just a nice balanced bitterness at the end. Yeah, that's that's really really well balanced. Mm. Very soft, isn't it? It is very soft. Yeah. It's not my imagination. It just no. feels, it feels really light, really soft. You know, it's five point three percent. So we have gone from a two point nine to a five point three, but it feels so light. But if someone give you that, you wouldn't pitch it at over five percent. I don't think I would pitch it at over five percent actually. And it's been a long no, time since. That's, that's what I said. Yeah, I yeah. No, I don't think I would. Yeah. But it's been a long time since I've actually opted for a Colonel Parallel rather than just always going. For the IPA, which we almost did tonight as well. We almost did tonight, but we kind of wanted to take some gradual steps from um, each beer to to our finishing point. That's that's the thing. So, um, slightly mixing things up a a little bit this week, we're we're now going to go through a few of the big news items um, that that have come up since we last recorded. So, first up, we've got um, the news that Goose Island are opening a brew pub in London. So, due to open in late summer 2018 in Shoreditch, um, it's going to have its own dedicated brewery producing small batch uh, Goose Island beers exclusively for the venue. Yeah, because well, they, they've been advertising for that position, haven't they? Yeah. They sort of went out, probably by the time this is listened to, a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah. Quite a few adverts on Twitter, I noticed, for, you know, brewing at uh, Goose Island, and you get some time in Chicago, apparently. Oh, well, it's not, not too bad for... Yeah. for it sounds really good, apart from the fact that I, I don't know about you, but I can't brew. I can't brew, no, I just like to drink the stuff. Um, this is obviously on the back of their um, them opening the what was initially the Vintage Ale House in Ballam, which was then rebranded as the Goose Tap House. Um, and the, the Goose Island founder has actually admitted that they might have been a little bit ahead of themselves in opening a Vintage Ale House in South London. Uh, I think they had they had the choice. Ballam possibly wouldn't have been the place they had picked to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, just because Ballam isn't convenient for me, I'm sure it's convenient for a number of people. I mean, sometimes for those who don't know, South London can just be that little bit more awkward to get to. Not impossible. The minute you go across that river, it just gets yeah. I mean, public transport wise, it's just a bit of a just less of it, and the connections yeah. aren't quite the same. But it's still doable. Maybe it was just pitching it as the vintage ale house and just having. Because it was very much about the specials, weren't it? Yes, yeah. Um, you know, but, I mean, is it, they haven't said it's going to close, though, have they? 
No, it's, it's still open, but it's just been rebranded, and, yeah, and this think, will become essentially their second bar in London. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I think I think, you know, I think Gooseyard are, are are big enough these days to manage two places in London. They've learned from it. They rebranded it. They named it. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, but we're, we're too ambitious, too early. Not too sure, actually. I, I would have loved to get over there. But I just, especially the way our trains are on north of London, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> To go to South of London and then if you've got any sort of engineering works, you're almost then just going in, hello, and turning back out again. Yeah, and coming home again. So the brew pub will operate at a very limited capacity with, with nearly all of its output supplying the venue itself. Uh, we'll also supply their core range beers, but the focus will be on the beer brewed on site. So that's in Shoreditch, which isn't necessarily a million miles away from where Brewdog are opening their brew pub at Tower Hill. Mm, yeah, it is. London, in London terms, because that's going to be more in the city. It is. I'm not, I'm not talking competition-wise. I'm just talking in, in terms of what we're going to have in, in, oh, yeah, in well, that area. And then, in, you know, 18 months' time, two years, we've got Northern Monk opening their Potentially place. opening as well, yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I think that's what Brewdog will do, but just on a bigger scale. I think Brewdog will be brewing stuff to be sold at the venue as well as their core range. I don't think their mode of operandi is going to be much different to each no. other. It's just okay. I think the Goose Island bar just will be smaller. Yes, yeah, but something to look forward to. I, I'm, anyway. I'm looking forward to it. It's yeah. going to be something different. Trying its new beers, you know, you know, depending how lunchtime works. I'm sure me and Mister Mister Chisholm, <laughs> our artistic director, we'll, we'll be able to make it there. Yeah, we'll be able to make it yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so while I was reading that, uh, you were not so quietly in the background opening another, another beer. It's not easy to do it. So I have uh, picked out, and I haven't seen this one before myself anyway. But it's a Magic Rock. Hedonic Escalation, a tropical IPA. Okay, let's uh, let's give this a go then. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Definitely tropical on the nose. It is, yeah. Very lightly though. Not so light on the flavour though. Of course that is. Like tropical juice. Oh. So this is uh, 6.7%. Um, it's got... Oh, Number of hops with the, some of the really catchy ones T90, HBC 438, Motueka, Hull Melon, Cairo, Hull Melon, Cairo Hop, Equinox, Ibco, so quite a mix in there. Um, golden Promise Malt, Caramel, Malted Oats, Golden Naked Oats. Um, I was expecting it to have a, when I read that, when we picked it out of the fridge, I was expecting it to have a, a, thicker, a thicker feel and a thicker look to it. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's not completely murky, you can actually see through it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hazy it's more dark hazy yeah. rather than murky it's just it's not a clear beer is it but no, it's not a it's not a light coloured beer um, but it, it would it's definitely not lying when it says tropical no it's, it's, it's full of tropical fruits and flavours and there's, there's I'm, I'm getting a little bit of a, a little bit of floral on, on oh, yeah. the, the finish as well a little bit of a floral finish Is this the one that used a Belgian yeast? Oh, let's have a look. Has yeah. it got yeast on it or not? Because now you've mentioned that. No, it doesn't, but it's it's got a bit of a thing going on. Well, you're going to do a bit more and music. A little bit of a duvel yeah, I, I, to I, it. I'm not necessarily against that. So while you're reading the next beer, I'm going to go into my and have a quick look. Okay, so the, the, the next one, uh, again, about... Um, 
don't know if you can call this a, a brew pub. It's certainly a brew venue. So um, a while back, there was the announcement that the UK was to have its own um, Trappist brewery. Um, and this was the, the, the Mount St. Bernard Abbey in Leicestershire. Um, decided they were going to start brewing. So, and they started uh, their first brew on St. Patrick's Day this year. Um, after deciding that they were going to, again, so back in 2013, the community at Mount St. Bernard began the process of looking at their work and income generating activities. And, and one of the things that they looked into was brewing. So they've, they've started their first brew. There's an abbey, do they have, is there like an accreditation for being an abbey brewery? There are only because 11 you... Trappist breweries in the world. And there's only two or three outside of Belgium, isn't there? There's one in, the, one in America? One in America. Um, so you've got, you've got Rochefort, Westmal, St. Sixt, Chimay, Orval, Aschel, Tilburg, Engelzell, Spencer, Zundert, and Treyfontaine. Uh, all of these breweries except Rochefort have been visited by one monk or another of our community. So they've actually sent their monks out to these other Trappist breweries as well to learn from It's not them. a bad way though. So, so yeah, but they, they can only be a Trappist brewery if, I think if it's brewed within the walls of the brewery yeah. by the monks within the brewery. Because you have Abbey beers as well and Abbey beers, have, there's a different criteria for that, isn't there? Yeah. So their, their brewery is 20 hectolitre one. They can brew 2,000 litres of beer at each brew uh, and their first beer will be bottled in 330 mils and sold nationally via a distributor and locally in our own shop at selected outlets. It's a strong beer, 7.4% ABV. It's meant to be savoured and enjoyed like a good wine rather than drunk in great quantities. Well, they're at Leicester, you say, so I'm expecting men behaving badly to do a bit of research on this one and uh, report back to us. Uh, apparently, they are literally just down the road from where Carl, the bearded one, lives as well. And he, oh, has, right. he has promised to go there and pick us up some beers when they're available. Oh, has he? That's very handy. I am looking forward, and now that's been said on air, he has to do it. <laughs> um, I am looking forward to trying that, though, because I am, I am gradually beginning a little bit of Belgian exploration. A little bit of a journey. Yes. Tentative. Tentative. Uh, well, I had a little look at them. Um, the only thing I first of all thought, no, it says yeast, it says American ale yeast, but it says fermented with Brett Trois for a pineapple mango aroma and a slightly tart and refreshing finish. I don't know what Brett Trois is, but it has the word Brett in it. So it's, it's, that, that's going to give it that slightly funky. There is, and there is a slight. It's, it's not massive. Right, and it's at the back end, it's not in the aroma. But it was enough for me to pick up on a thing, hang on a minute. There's some Belgian-iness going on in, in Belgian-iness. Belgian-iness. Just, yeah. just going to keep expanding that. Expanding the Belgian-y yes. word. Yes. So we've got um, some news about a few festivals that, that are coming up. So first up, we've got um, the Festival of Brewers, which will, a uh, brand new festival for 20, 2018, uh, will be taking place um, at New Craven Hall, which is just south of Leeds City Centre, on the 29th and 30th of June. Now, this is a festival that has been born out of a desire to, that, 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 to see a festival that essentially doesn't feature the same craft breweries as all the others. It's designed to focus on small and, small and independent breweries. Um, so far, eight breweries have been confirmed, all local to Leeds and the surrounding areas. With more to follow. And who, who's this organised by? This is organised by Mike Hampshire, who is the founder of Mike's Taproom. He's a member of the British Guild of Beer Writers and former chairman of the Leeds Camera Branch. 
So he's got a bit of experience of putting on just, beer Just a little well. bit of experience there. So um, for more information on this, you can head to, I think you can check out mikestaproom.co.uk. And that should have all the information about the festival. Yeah, and, and to be honest, if you really want, you could probably just message him on Twitter as well, because he's quite active on Twitter. He's very active on Twitter, and he's, he's, he's a fellow that contributes to the show quite yeah. regularly as well. Um, next up, we've got the Lock and Key Beer Con, um, which is a new independent beer festival for the Midlands, which comes to Birmingham, and this will be uh, held at the Bond Company in Digbeth on Friday the 20th of July to Sunday the 22nd of July. Tickets are now available. The team behind the, the event include Birmingham Bars, Cherry Reds and the Wolves, the, the Midlands Beer Blog, and support from a number of other Midlands businesses. Now, we both mentioned that we think this was a like-for-like replacement. For the Birmingham Beer Bash? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it. And if it's half as good as Birmingham Beer Bash, which I really enjoyed the, the well, I think it was his last year of doing it, actually. Um, hope that wasn't down to me. Um, maybe yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I shouldn't go then maybe not <laughs> but so, so um, let's say tickets are now available um, we'll put uh, I think what we'll do is we'll put links in the show notes to all of these festivals yeah um, so if you want tickets for them you, you can I mean I will look at that one because Birmingham is a short journey from Milton Keynes so if I tie down with a visit to, to my parents catch up with a brother go up to Birmingham you can, you can do it I can do yeah. that and, and then probably the biggest one out of the three was the announcement that the London Brewers Alliance are going to be running a craft beer festival at Fuller's Brewery on Saturday 23rd of June um, from 1pm till 7pm. Um, so over 40 of London's best breweries, each brewery pouring two lines of beer showcasing the depth and breadth of the London beer scene. Now, this is uh, an all-in ticket you've, yeah. you've, you've found. So this, was, I mean, this has come about obviously because uh, John, John Keeling is now the chairman of the LBA, so holding it over at Fuller's sounds like a great, great idea. Um, the tickets seem to be starting at £25. It is an over-18s only, and um, the all-in pours are, it's not an exact science, but it's basically 200 millilitres uh, pour for the sessionable beers, and for the stronger beers, it's going to be half that, 100 millilitres, from what I can gather. Um, which, again, doesn't sound too bad. All-in ticket price, £25 sounds fairly reasonable to me as well. Um, and if you've got 40 breweries and you've got so you've got 80 different beers it's only one day so they're all going to be on it's six hours oh you won't be able to do you'd be struggle to do them all you, you're not you're not going to do them no. all in six hours but you know you can get through a fair each brewery's pouring two lines that's yeah. 80 beers yeah. but um, it sounds like a fair price to me for an all-in ticket yeah um, you know, we won't spend too much time talking about winning tickets today. No, because I think we're going to come on to that. Yeah, maybe a future one. Um, yeah. I have to admit, I was surprised it was an all-in ticket. Yeah, but I am for such a short period of time. Yeah. Because that that would make me feel like I had to spend the whole six hours there. That would make me feel like I would want to be through that door at one o'clock and they would have to be dragging me out at, at seven. Six, yeah, so... And prying the glass from my hand... <laughs> On, but, the, on the way out, I think I think it'll again, you know, it'd be good. It's, it's you know, any excuse to go to the Fuller's Brewery is usually a fairly good one for me. Absolutely, absolutely. And the fact that they're holding a uh, craft beer festival there in, in the Fuller's grounds, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the last couple of news items um, about some more new beers and some collabs that are happening. So 
Um, last time we recorded a studio show, um, we spoke about uh, the Manchester Beer Week um, doing collabs with other cities in, in kind of a competition. They're, they've announced a second series of collabs that they're going to run as part of the week as well, where they've teamed up with, um, so they've got Manchester's best independent restaurants are teaming up with eight of the best brewers for, for beers now as well. So um, you've got the likes of um, Stockport Restaurant where the light gets in, which will team up with uh, Cloudwater. Uh, another Stockport eatery, a vegan specialist, the allotment, is joining forces with First Class. You've got a Sushi Bar joining forces with Runaway. Bundabust are doing something with Squawk. Rudy's Pizza are doing something with Blackjack. There's a Caribbean restaurant doing something with Alphabet. All sorts of collabs going on. And to take it one step further, they're then teaming up with the art gallery, uh, the Whitworth Art Gallery, to get people to actually design labels for each beer especially. Oh, blimey. It seems as though Manchester Beer Week are really pushing the boundaries this year. In yeah, terms I mean, of well, uh, when Beer Nomicon had the interview with with Connor last year, he did sort of allude to the fact they wanted to involve a bit more of the food, didn't they? Mm. I think that really came out. Um, but that would, I would never have pictured all of that happening. I know. I mean, that, I mean, this is collaborations on a different scale. It's collaboration central up there, isn't it? Yeah, it's it? collaboration on collaboration. Yeah. Um, but it would be great to see if some of those beers make it outside the week in, in small packages. Yeah, I don't I, think they will. I, I, I don't think there'll be enough of it to get out. No, I, I think you're going to have to be part of it yeah. to, to be part of it. Um, and then the other collaboration project that was announced was from the Wild Beer Co, which who announced the Selimum project, which is their cask collaborations. Um, so they've teamed up with uh, Magic Rock, Left Handed Giant, Ignition, Fuller's, Budvar, and Brooklyn to basically create six cask beers in collaboration with those breweries. I think it's interesting. I mean. I've never, I mean, I think my first wild beer cask experience was at Cask Festival back in uh, at the start of April. The, the Millionaire. Yeah, I think that's my first cask experience of theirs. So yeah, I, I, I think that's interesting. I think it's really good. But I, I did ask them if, how widely available the beers would be as yeah. well, bearing in mind that they're cask and obviously they've only got a certain amount of life once they're tapped and... Especially with that format, you want to make sure they're looked after properly and all the rest of it. And, and their response was literally, it depends on the brewery that we're walking with, working with and their distribution. So possibly from those six, the only one we're likely to see is the fullest one. Yeah, that's the most likely for us. Yeah, um, I'm not so sure whether we'll see... It'd be great to think that we'd see the, the Budvar or the Brooklyn one. Um, or any of them to be honest with you I wouldn't, I'd, I'd love to see the Magic Rock Budvar would be possible there are a couple of bars in London which do have already tie-ins with Budvar there's a bar near me which has the Budvar tanks mm. so I'd be quite happy if they got that in there but not sure how they would dispense cask in the, like that, the one I'm thinking yeah. doesn't do cask so unless they would do it on gravity which is unlikely well it'd be interesting to see what, what, what comes out of this yeah. so, again it's, there seems to be a bit of a focus this year on, on cask beer doesn't yeah. there what with the, all the, the cask beer festival all the predictions at the start of the year that didn't fe- feature did it nobody said that 2018 was going to be the year of cask <laughs> did they Let, let's, let's be honest um, so what about the beer I mean we are ploughing our way through this we are um, I am no, but we we know about it. I'm noticing a bit more of that slightly slightly funky edge to it, but it's not to its detriment. 
at all. It's no, absolutely I'm not. Really enjoying this. The fruity notes are delicious. It actually works really well with that slightly funkier edge, I think. And the nose is really nice. It's still got that tropical nose in it, even though it's been in the glass for a while. Um, that's just really tasty. It's almost bringing the, 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 the combination of the, the, the tropical and, and kind of that slight, ever so slightly funky edge to it is, is almost bringing kind of like a caramel texture to it that, that you'd get from maybe some of the American... Yeah, this is probably what I needed the Burning Sky beer to be like, a Pilgrim. I, I think that would have been much more palatable. That would have worked for us at that at, point. At the time, yeah. Whereas it was definitely the Belgian-y that led. Absolutely, yeah. Because uh, that's just my overriding memory of that beer with the Belgian-y beer. And it, again, this is no... I like Burning Sky beers. I like belgian beers. It just was the wrong beer at the wrong time for me. I can't say I have an overriding memory of anything. Uh, <laughs> but by that point... Well, especially us decided we needed to go somewhere else yeah. to get a proper beer. It's just, we're gone. <laughs> we're off. It's about us. Yeah. Um, so there was one more news item that, that we, we just need to cover. Was there? Yeah. Just Barely the, noticed it. Just a tiny one. And that was... Um, this actually broke while we were in being uvo weren't it? It, it did because there was a guy there giving us a running commentary yeah so so the weekend we was in Manchester was the same weekend as the camera AGM yeah held in uh, held in uh, Coventry wasn't it Coventry you've got a lot to fucking answer for <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you um, so, so yeah um, basically they were voting on the recommendations from the revitalisation yeah so you had project. the normal AGM resolutions yeah it's a lot of the boring points of order accounts, voting for people, etc. Um, and then you had the eight or ten resolutions which related directly to the revitalisation project. Uh, five. Oh, was it only five? Six. Where, any more bids? Six. More. All right. Uh, well, and that, that's it, was, it was six resolutions, but then the, for each of those six resolutions, there was also a resolution where they had to agree to remove the previous point from the articles and then replace it oh okay with maybe that's new, where I've got the extra numbers with from. the new point so yeah um, and obviously the main focus wasn't on the the general business it was more the extraordinary business it, it was well let's let, let's let's go through it in, in, in the interests of providing a balanced argument to a point yeah let's let, let's go through it and, and this is I mean this is directly from the, the the what's brewing um, press release that came out of the the, the, the AGM as well. So, um, firstly, it should be noted that um, members of the campaign for Real Now have voted to approve all but one of its national executives' recommendations designed to take the organisation into the future. Almost eighteen thousand members voted online and at Cameras AGM. What's the membership of Cameron? It's about 180,000 plus. So it's 10%. Okay, so it's I'd about, say it's 10% about 10%. Of the membership. So it's way below any turnout that you'd get for like a well, general even for, even for a local council election, which is coming up, yeah. you'd have more than 10%. You, you, you do get a lot more than yeah. 10%. But I, mean, is, I don't know how to... I mean, every company has an AGM. So anyone who's got any sort of building society account or co-op you get this stuff through don't you yeah and yeah. you've got no idea who these people are um, I don't always vote on those ones so in that respect 10% I don't know maybe comparable 
to other AGMs because they're working under like company law, aren't they? That they are. Um, but even so, to me, that feels like a small number. I'm fairly confident my mum and dad didn't vote. Of, of the membership that actually bothered to vote. Yeah, I'm. It's it, for me. It's it's a low number. We'll, we'll dig into that yeah. point in a while. Um, members voted to remove the organisation's current objects in the Articles of Association, which is the statement of what the campaign exists to achieve. And in place of the old objects, they were voting to approve new recommendations. So th- these were the recommendations that, that they were voting on. Firstly, to secure the long-term future of Real Owl, Real Cider and Perry by increasing the quality, availability and popularity. 88.8% voted in favour of that. Now, the threshold was 75% for each of these. Yeah, to, to be passed. So, 88% of people want to see camera supporting real cider and real perry, as, uh, as well as real out. Yeah. Okay. I think it's because they're all bunched together. Interesting. They don't, they've never separated the three out. Okay. Uh, secondly, uh, to promote and protect pubs and clubs as social centres as part of the UK's cultural heritage. 92.1% in favour. Yeah, I, I, I don't think many would disagree with that one. Thirdly, to increase recognition of the benefits of responsible, moderate social drinking. 89.3% voted in favour of that. Number four, to play a leading role in the provision of information, education and training to all those of an interest in beer, cider and perry of any type. 78.2%. So that one only just made it Yeah, and he sneaked over. Probably because it had the word any type. In, in that sentence. Number five, to ensure where possible that producers and retailers of beer, cider and perry act in the best interests of the consumer, 88.4%. And then there was the one that was to act as the voice and represent the interests of all pub goers and beer, cider and perry drinkers. Only 72.6% voted for that, which means that one didn't get passed. Yeah, so that was the, the one. That was, that was the one that caused that was the okay someone's throwing a grenade stand back at least on Twitter at, at least on Twitter and that was what actually prompted the the, the second question that we asked opinions 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 so poll number two was in light of yesterday's camera vote so we did it the Sunday straight after what does this mean for its future as an organisation that represents beer? And what were options, Steve? So, and we thought, we actually spent a lot of time we, we wording this. We probably spent two train beers wording this on, on the way back. Easily, yes. There two train beers, some uh, cocktail sausages, and some crisps. Bag of crisps, and there were a lot of people asleep around us by the time we'd actually finished. Maybe because they listened to us discussing camera. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But so four options we came up with uh, was business as usual, a missed opportunity, enough is enough, I'm done, I don't care. 467 votes, 43% of people going with a missed opportunity, 26% simply didn't care, 19% saying enough is enough, I'm done. And interestingly, only 12% saying it should just be business as usual. So they were quite some, some views. Now, we've obviously got a lot of feedback from um, people on Twitter to, to go through, but we'll get to that. Let's let's take our views. Okay, I think that's on, fair. On, on, on this one. I think it's, like, it's, it's, it's taken a little while, because obviously we were working with headlines when we did this. We, we were, yeah. Um, 
mainly because we'd been spending the whole time drinking drinking beer and recovering and from drinking beer. Not really caring. And then drinking so more beer. Probably falling into that <laughs> 26% that didn't care. Probably didn't care about much by 11 o'clock on Saturday night, to be honest. Um, and I've taken a bit of, I've tried to take a bit of a time. Now, obviously, as mentioned plenty of times, I've been a member for a long time now. I've been a member since 2001. For the record, I haven't cancelled and I won't be cancelling my membership. Um, I'm definitely one of these people who thinks it's better to make change from the inside out rather than the outside in. I went to the revitalisation, uh, one of the revitalisation presentations when I went over to Leighton Orient and I firmly voted in favour of um, representing all beer drinkers. I have a couple of issues, like any organisation that I'm a member of, there's nothing I agree with 100%. Um, that probably says more about me than anything else anyway. but. The point is that I get really annoyed with the whole cider and perry bit. I don't mind cider. Perry, I can give a monkey's about if I'm being honest. Um, but I don't know why it's in there, if I'm being honest. And I don't like it's always lumped into the same question as well. So that beer, cider and perry always come together. What's brewing, beer, their beer festivals will always, and don't get me wrong, I love it, will always have a Belgian beer bar or near enough always will have a Belgian beer bar. Don't see how that ticks the real ale box either, um, or cask, for want of a better, maybe a better phrase, more accurate. Um, so I did vote for change. Um, I'm disappointed that not, many, not as many people voted as we would have liked, but I would say the best way to, if you want to know what I think is probably to read Mark Johnson's post about it, which fairly much sums up my feelings and thinking almost to the words that most people who go into a pub simply don't care. Mm. You know, they go into a pub and they are hoping to find something that they want to drink. And there may be some people who will drink the same beer every occasion and multiple occasions when they're in the pub. You know, that's the other 160 or thousand people who are part of camera and the millions of people who aren't part of camera who still go to the pub um, so I would say that Mark, Mark sort of sums up exactly what I was thinking if I'd been voting I still think it was a missed opportunity however in context it's still more change probably than I would have thought was possible 10 years ago mm. So, even that the fact that, regardless of the na national executive, the beer festivals have started bringing in, forget about the semantics, keg beer has turned up at Canberra beer festivals over the last couple of years. That wouldn't have happened five years ago even. So, there are incremental changes going on. This is an organisation which has a really long-standing membership. Change is never going to be quick and we live in an environment and a world where people need change to be quick these days. I think change is coming and change will get there. I just think it won't be as quick as perhaps some people want. But I was pleased that there is some change and it's not that far off getting the 75%. But this is, this is now, from what I, I see of it, I, I think it's now a, a generational change. It's, it, it's one that's going to take a a whole generation of camera membership before it, it does really and, and if we use the wording of that that one that failed before it does represent all drinkers 
I think what will happen is change will happen before it becomes official. It's like I said, it's like a lot of organisations. People find a way to make it work the way they want it to work. You know, keg, key keg, started appearing at beer festivals, Canberra beer festivals before Canberra officially endorsed its use. Um, whether it will take a whole generation, I'm not sure, but it will happen. Like I said, for me, I would say that when we went to the revital, when I went to the revitalisation thing, they did ask us about Perry and Cider, and I said no. And they, you can't have it both ways. If you're gonna, that's not even that's nowhere near beer. You know, that's, that's apples and pears, literally. Yeah. We're talking about beer. You can't have it both ways. Um, and but what I do think that camera has moved to a point, at least officially. I mean, there are still people who don't, but they have. They're not actively, I don't feel like they're actively turning other styles and other dispensers away as much as they used to. Despite what we might read in the letters page every now and again. Yeah, but there's always going to be that hardcore that just won't accept it. Well, you know, the, the, that woman who got voted onto the national executive. I mean, she's definitely a, every keg is Watney's Red Barrel. Yeah. Um, so that, that's where some, I am. Some narrow-mindedness in there. Yeah, though, I mean, and that, that, that really will remain. I think that change is coming, change has happened, change hasn't happened as fast as it could have happened perhaps for some people, but I don't even think the revitalisation project would have been on the horizon five years ago, if I'm being honest. Mm. Um, it's getting there. I think that for me though, just to be clear, cask should be at the forefront of what camera campaigned for and that should go hand in glove with campaigning for pubs and clubs. So, so are you therefore agree in the um, with, with the viewpoint of of camera that um, the national executive is to ensure the camera beer festivals those that choose to offer other types of beer do so in a way that reinforces camera's belief in the superiority good. of of real ale and provides educational materials. Good God, no. It's a dreadful statement, that one. It's a terrible, dreadful yeah. statement because, and this is where I, I think it was Pete Brown said it. So on one hand, camera support cars, but so many of their members these days, or people who make cars beer, make other dispense method beer. Yeah. So what they're saying is, I only support that bit of your, what you do, which is cask. And, and to come back to a previous point of yours, most camera festivals... Or, or most of the bigger ones will have a Belgian beer bar yeah. are we therefore saying that cask ale or real ale is superior to hundreds of years worth of brewing traditions from the, from, from the monks and the monasteries by that statement yeah we are that's what, that's what they're saying that's why it's a dreadful statement it's, it's, a, it's a really arrogant statement and should never be uttered in public again but this was uttered in public this was tweeted out oh, by I I the camera and also, and that's the view that a lot of them hold as well. But it, should, it sort of implies then that what you should do is you should have some really shit keg beer just to reinforce the fact that the car stuff is good. It's like, well, no. It's, it's not because we know that a, a big camera beer festival is possibly the worst place to showcase cask beer. Yeah, I mean, the Great British Beer Festival and the Manchester Beer Festival, basically all the beers came through hand pumps. But most of the regional ones that I've been to, certainly, but we've been to, it's straight on gravity. Yeah. And it's not always the best. No, it's, it's not. It's in, in fact, it's far from the best. But I also know that when I've gone with people who I'm still, you know, who aren't necessarily into their beers, 
the option of having a, a cold fizzy drink is quite welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a dreadful statement. It's, I mean, it, you know, not to put too fine a point. It's fucking awful. But yeah, I if it was me, I would drop cider and perry. They don't again. They don't need to campaign against it. I just don't know why it's there. I don't know why it's there, especially if they, especially if the majority of the vote won't support all pub goers and beer, cider, and perry drinkers. Why? Why will they support perry and cider yeah, anyway? That, that's what I don't understand. And I think that's where they sort of tie themselves up in knots. So that's what I think. Okay. You want to know what I think now, don't you? Yes. Okay, well, I am in the 19% of enough is enough, I'm done. Um, I cancelled my direct debit the day after. And when they emailed me to ask them why, I told them. In, in as few words as I, I, I was feeling like using, I simply said, I don't think you represent me as a drinker. You don't, you don't represent what I want in, in beer. So I don't see why I should continue to, to fund your organisation. Um, and in, in my mind, I'm quite happily using the £24 renewal fee that they would have got out on me this month to directly fund my next two editions of Fanzine from, from BrewDog. Because <laughs> that helps me sleep at night. <laughs> what, having, having six beers? Yeah. That's personal, isn't it? I mean, that's what... Yeah, I mean, it is a massive missed opportunity. Um, I've I've read a lot of the the, the, the posts and, and the blogs that are out there, and there there are, are an awful lot of them that argue for both sides of it. Yeah, as, I mean, um, well. I think Adrian Tierney Jones had a good piece in the Telegraph. Um, I think him and Pete Brown were fairly well aligned on their viewpoints. Um, Boke and Bailey did a fairly. Um, they a did a great post. roundup. They did a really good interspersed with their own yeah. bits about it. Um, like I said, I thought. I think Roger Proctor's one was very good, and you know we know how much he loves cask and how much of a devoted member of camera he is. And again, he I think he 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 and I were fairly well aligned about, you know, we want them to support cask out, but not don't say no to other stuff. It's not the beers of yesteryear that we're talking about here. Yeah, I think I think from my point of view, I, I looked at it in terms of I've, I've been a member for a year, almost to the day. Yeah, well, well done. I know. I'm surprised I haven't cancelled before now. Um, and did you get your new lot of spoons vouchers come through before you cancelled no I, I did it the wrong way there didn't I Let, let's be honest um, but even joking aside I've struggled to spend half of those spoons vouchers in, in the last year and that's not the reason that, that I joined anyway but I don't know what they've done for me in, in the last year other than anger me by sending me a monthly rag that upsets me every time I see it because they can't they can't write the word craft without <laughs> speech fucking marks. speech marks either side of it. And and then even this evening the the post that I saw on Twitter of the fucking appalling letter that's gone in there this month. Yeah, I mean I haven't seen this month's what's brewing, I don't think. I, I, I don't know if it's this month's or is it the most recent edition that they were talking about that little bit I mean this does not represent anything we think but basically the guy the guy who wrote in had basically said I'm going to read it word for word okay hang, hang on because this, this this underlines and actually this makes me happy that I've cancelled my well, it's, one, it's one person's view but I was surprised it is, it was, it's one surprised person's it was view that the editor has thought it's okay to put in a publication yeah. that will go to 190,000 odd members yes so 
this is simply entitled A Simple Strategy. I have a simple strategy with unfined beers. If they are described as naturally hazy, I avoid them. One can only assume those who judge drinking beer on taste alone must be satisfied with ugly partners. And that was from Mike Chalice of Yelverton in Devon. I am fucking appalled by That's that. It's dreadful. It's but dreadful. Not, and it's I'm, I'm more appalled by the fact that they've printed it than him what writing. he's written. Yeah. Because he hasn't put it on social media as far as we're aware. No one's called it out. So he's written it in as an yeah. email or a letter. And yes, it's been put in there. And, and that that's disgraceful. Yeah. I mean, but like I said, again, I mean, I think some of the editorial choices for what's brewing are shocking sometimes anyway. Yeah. Uh, especially with the letters page. Um, I'm, I'm sure the letters page is just there to troll people like me. I, I really, I really feel it is. I mean, to be fair, I'm still going to send you bits, <laughs> just for that reason. I'm sure you are. But so, so yeah. So I, I did ask. I genuinely was asking myself, what, what has this organisation done for me in the last year? I, it, it was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, cancelling my direct debit within 48 hours of the vote. But it's not one. It's not a decision I regret. I don't think I'm missing out on anything as, as a result free entry to the odd festival that I'm going to drink three or four beers at and then be desperate to go to somewhere where I can get something fizzy I mean to be fair I go to more of the regional beer festivals I'm not going to miss that yeah I'm I'm really not going to miss the free entry to things I just I I think as as an organisation they are rapidly they are rapidly becoming outdated and personally for me they don't represent me as a drinker. I mean, the counterpoint to that is they are still the largest consumer organisation. So while they may be outdated, they have got a large membership, not necessarily largely. I I would love to know the demographic breakdown of of the organisation. I really would. Oh yeah. I've got, you know, I've got, I haven't even got an idea in my head what it might be. Yeah. Um, But it is still, you know, 180,000 plus. And you can't deny that. And, And neither can you deny, and I will say this up front, what they did may or may not have saved beer in Britain and got us to where we are now. I think without Canberra, we would not be where we are now in the same way. I think someone did actually write, well, we had no, there was no Canberra in the US and other places, but this is about our heritage in the UK of being really the only truly good exponents of doing car scale. Yeah. And car scale in, a, in the British pub. As well, I think the two sort of go together for me. Anyway, they go they go hand in hand. It's and an experience, that, yeah. that's that's what camera did do. Are they irrelevant now? I don't think they're irrelevant, but I think they could have become more. They could have become really relevant, and I think that's probably where the missed opportunity came for me. Yeah, absolutely. So those Be- are our views. Before we dig into the comments, I opened a bottle of beer. You did again, Manchester related, camera approved. It's got the word ale in it. It does say ale, so you know. Um, but so basically, what, while we were at the Piccadilly Tap in Manchester, um, the morning after, the morning uh, after the whole of the Saturday, ten hour session, and we had we, we did know they were doing this. But on the Friday night, Lagunitas had released um, one of their one hitter series, uh, the Waldo Special I, Special Ale, which is effectively a triple IPA. Yeah, um, and I thought it was a good idea for us to have a half of this on the Sunday at about one o'clock. 
certainly brought me round. Yes, so we, we, we've got a bottle tonight. Um, so which, was, which was sent to us by Lagunitas. Which are, you know, well. very, very pleased for that. So Cheers. Cheers. So, so we've gone from a 6% IPA, yep. jumping straight up to an 11% triple IPA. What else would you do? Oh, that's got some nose on it, hasn't mm. it? Oh. I really enjoyed it the day we had when we had it in Piccadilly mm. Town uh, a week and a bit ago. I've, I've got to say this, right? The nose, although it's caramel, I'm getting something like cheese and onion crisps on, on that nose. Yeah, well, well. I mean, it describes it as being herbaceous, botanical, dank and resinous. So maybe maybe that bit of dankness that you're getting. Maybe that slightly savoury edge to it. Certainly all of that on the taste, isn't it? Yeah. That, right. that is thick as yeah. hell. I mean, like I said, I, I really mean, enjoyed it. syrupy, thick. Uh, I'm not finding it syrupy. No, not syrupy in the way that it's... it's but it's, it's, it's oh, got it's, that sort of consistency. It's got that thick yeah. mouthfeel, but it's a very, very, very similar colour to the Magic Rock we had. It is, exceptionally so, yeah. It's very it's very much that sort of almost like a, an orange hue to it, hasn't it? Yeah, I've got to say, from memory, I think I, I prefer the keg version that we had. In my head, I prefer the cake version. Probably slightly well. fresher. Yeah. Than, than, but than, and, you know, yeah. This is um, this is nice. This will, this will keep us going through the excitement of the comments that we got. It will. So let's um, let's dive into these because we have got a few of these. Um, so, so first up, this is from um, your better half, uh, not okay. me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so this is from Michelle <laughs> Daniels at, at Ginger, Ginger Daniels thirteen, who um, on the back of. Having had sat through this discussion on the train, yeah, she so, had this live. <laughs> yeah, um, she said it's seriously sad times. Yesterday for me represented the best of beer, good people, good times, and great beer. Hashtag beer is beautiful, which I think she, she was saying that essentially that that day that we spent in Manchester, we covered all variants of beer from I think we took nearly every box, cask, surf bottles, wood, bottles. We had the lot, yeah, and you know what? We just enjoyed it because yeah. it was just good beer we it's, didn't get hung up on it what's in my glass do I like it yeah and that's that's what matters yeah. so I think I think that was a great comment to, to start off with um, next up so from Mike Hampshire at Mike's Taproom um, who, who we've already mentioned once but tonight. this is a big deal yeah this is a big one so um, the last straw for me and I've cancelled my direct debit a shame I'm a former Leeds camera chairman and helped the branch become one of the most progressive Nationally, I think camera official don't move for, doesn't move forward. Significant numbers of members just in it for vouchers and discounts. It's I probably, don't think you can argue with no, that. No, I'm, sure, I'm not sure as much I can argue with And I think that's what I was alluding to. At the highest level will always be where it takes a long time for things to shift. And I think you'll get the progression will come at the, at the grassroots. It might do, but equally the flip side of that is that they might have, with this one vote, they might have actually destroyed that grassroots roots movement as well. Not destroyed it, but there may have been a significant number of people that joined to try and affect change, have seen the negative reaction to this vote and thought, well, fuck it, there's no point. I think the, I think the hardest bit will be the people who already organised the festivals who managed to make a little bit of inroads into getting maybe other dispense methods involved in their local beer festivals and this just may make that a little bit harder especially the smaller ones yeah um, I mean Chelmsford with the cake bar last year was a roaring success from what I could tell on that hot day we went over there I think they had a great no, I think I spent more money at that bar than I did anywhere else but then I also know that 
other people who, who met up with us. I mean, some of Michelle's family turned up, they would have been more tempted by what was on there. Well, when they say there were people actively walking past muttering yes. about the fact that there was a keg bar. I would have loved to hear the muttering. A, a, a festival. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the sort of fucking... Don't get me started. <laughs> really. Don't get started. We're discussing camera. I, I know, but really, that's that's the sort of short-sighted idiot that fucking writes letters about but then beers, that, beers being related to ugly people. Was it last year or the year before when we went to the Chelmsford one with Michelle and they said, oh, if you get a, a, get a pint glass, you can have more of the pink fizzy stuff. Yeah. And there was a woman it's saying it to us. Yeah. Anyway, let's, let's, let's get into some more of these comments. I'm going to drink a bit more of the Waldos while you, while you breathe. <laughs> so, Dr. Goggles at Burn Enjow. Uh, I've been a member for, for about 10 years. I've now cancelled my direct debit. They don't represent me now or the beer I like to drink. Too many believe the keg equals bad dogma. Um, Beth Waller at Beth DL Waller. What I don't understand is how it needed 75% to pass. This was doomed to fail because of the numbers. How can a 28% of a vote win? It just doesn't make sense. Okay, firstly, one, see Brexit. Two, um, 75% is because there are companies and, it, and that's standard. I think as far as, I, as far as I'm aware, and that's why I was likening it to the co-op and the building societies, I think there is a threshold which is fairly much set in company law. Yeah. And, and that goes on the next comment as well. So Paul at UNRCD said, I voted I don't care because I'm not a camera member and I've never been tempted. My thoughts, though, are that 72% voted for change and it's only 3% short. Surely another year it could get there, but people cancelling makes that less likely. I, I've got to agree. I think... I mean, I, my, I, my vote was one of 18,000 yeah. votes. I think the, ch- the, thing, the only thing is that that vote won't happen again straight away. No, that it's going to be, I'd say, a minimum five, maybe ten years yeah, before that even comes up Yeah, quite a few of the national executive changed as well. Um, and, you know, I think, yes, Paul is probably right. If you could have the, a bit like a, a rematch in boxing, sometimes when you get that rematch, the one who lost can win because they're really revved up for it. Yeah. This revitalisation project is effectively now finished. The vote has happened there'll be a settling down period now. There'll be a let the dust settle kind of thing. Probably won't get mentioned so much either. You lose that bit of impetus. And I've, I would say the same as you. I'm not sure that vote's going to turn up for a few years now. I don't think it will. If, it, turned, if, it, did, if it did turn up next year, I think it would win. If, if, and if you've lost people that were, were got involved to, to make change... You've got less people, haven't you? You've got less people. And, and it might be that that vote would end up being lower in, in, in the future. Um, Steve Rimington at Steve Rimington says they don't represent what I like so I'm not a member they should represent the views their membership sanction that membership may dwindle as the interest in dispense method they represent becomes more niche time will t- tell whether the group remains sustainable I'm not sure cask is niche um, I think discussing dispense probably is niche I, I wonder if, I don't want to put words into Steve's mouth there, but I'm, I'm wondering if he's suggesting that as some of the membership dies. <laughs> <laughs> the views may change. <laughs> to be honest, that, 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 may, that may well be, you know, that may be not quite as direct, you know, may, in which case Steve is probably worded a lot better than you just did, Steve. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that, yeah, the, the membership may dwindle. I think, I'm not sure the membership per se will dwindle. I think 
what you may get is the active membership may dwindle and a lot of the active membership are probably the ones who voted and they're probably also the ones who maybe some of those are the ones who voted not for change um, and change can be scary for some people but I still I, yeah I still think it would happen if we did vote if it did vote again a bit like my views about Brexit I think if you turn around and redid Brexit straight away it'd probably go the other way but well, we'll never know on either of these things no we won't um, Guzzler at lagging underscore boat they have a massive membership most of whom join for Webspoons vouchers and discounts in pubs a lot of them couldn't actually give a fuck about real out <laughs> how to get your how to get your, your your comment read out on our show use the F word yeah and, uh, but he's got a fair point there hasn't he well yeah but when I joined the Webspoons vouchers weren't around but membership has increased quite a lot in the last 10 years or so so maybe that has been a factor that since they've been pushing the Spoons vouchers Spoons vouchers yeah. discounts yeah, um, so uh, fellow podcasters at Rhythm and Brews, Rhythm and Brews, at Rhythm and Brews UK got involved. It's an organisation that needs to change and there seems to be some acceptance of that. Too many members seeming tranched. Uh, was actually more saddened by the missed opportunity with the elected positions, though the results were pretty close. Yeah, and I think that's where we're saying about, I really can't remember her name now, Lynn someone. Lynn, um, Lynn Attack. Yeah, good name. <laughs> yeah, because that's it. I, I didn't need to read much of her manifesto to go, yeah, you're not getting my boat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, but while we're, while we're on about River and Brews, congratulations to Andrew, who's passed a few uh, beer training courses yes. recently. Se- seems to be actually... Wanting to do facts and stuff. I, I know. Who, who wants to do that on the, a podcast? The podcast is never going to last if he starts doing that show. No, ab- absolutely not. Um, let, let's take a couple more here then. So, the Owl Lady at the Owl Lady says, although some progress was made, they seem to be a decade or so behind the rest of the world in many respects. I'm frankly bored of them now and, and I'm ceasing my membership. My money is spent, better spent directly with the brewers and in indie pubs. Well, again, someone else voting with their checkbook, so to speak. Yeah. As Martin shows his age by saying checkbook. <laughs> what, what's one of those? What's one of those? What's yeah. cash? I can't actually remember the last time I wrote To be fair, you shot Dan at the counter earlier by paying cash. I know. He'd I already know. passed you the card machine. I, I felt weird actually having cash in my pocket. Um, let's, let's go for one more here then. So this is from Joe Hill at Multiplex Rant. And this, is a, this was a couple of tweets, so bear with me on this one. Um, I let my membership lapse earlier this year. I'm out. It's not an organisation that speaks for me anymore. To quote another similarly, similarly once treasured, now embarrassing and reactionary national institution, it says nothing to me about my life. Maybe not a big deal in practical terms, but the thing that really grinds my gears is the constant assertion that real ale is superior to other methods and styles. I love cast bitter as much as anyone, but that's clearly bollocks. Finally, next, let's never forget that Camera happily takes money from AB InBev via Beerhawk sponsorship. I can't disagree with anything he's written there, and that comes back to the quote you read out earlier about the Carscale is superior. Carscale, if they said unique more often than superior, I'd be happier. I would buy into unique, and I would allow them to have I, that. I would be much more comfortable with them yeah. using that. Unique, just so in the terms of there's still you know the secondary fermentation going on, dispense methods. Like I said before, we are you know this this, this is one of the things that we're known for. When I did the, uh, you know, when I've spoken to other people from abroad, they, you know, they quote some of those like Harvey's as being one of their beers they really want to get hold of and stuff. The cask beer, that's what they're after. They said unique, but to say superior is annoying. 
and really, I can understand the phrase grind his gears. I can definitely get that. The assertion of real is superior because there are some, there's some really shit examples out there. there I'm, I'm not even talking about yeah. personal preference here. Some of it's just rank and shouldn't be allowed anywhere near for public consumption. You know, we've, we've been in places where we go, Guinness. Yeah, many times. <laughs> and it's had, it's had real ale and I've said Guinness. So yeah, I think that's a, a, I think that's a really good one to finish on. Yeah, um, I'm not sure our views will actually, well, our views won't change anything now, the decision's been made. The, the, the interesting thing will be, I, I suppose, looking at the organisation in terms of there's a new national executive in place. They've no, they've now got these new articles within within the mm-hmm. company. It will, it, it will be interesting to see where the organisation goes. Maybe let's not say in the next year because change takes time. Yeah. But I'm going to say eighteen months to maybe three years. Let's see where the organisation is in that time. Yeah, and I think that's what it will take now because I said I think you've now got a bedding in period. Revitalisation project has almost been three years in the making just to get to this point. Yeah. I think we'll now have another three years of things settling down, camera working out exactly who they are, what they want to be. And like I said, I still maintain, but I think at grassroots level, I think the biggest changes will be at grassroots level, both in pubs and at the local beer festivals, rather than at the national executive level. Only time will tell. Yep. How are we getting on with the Waldos? It's superbly drinkable, isn't it? It's it's incredibly drinkable. it's 11.3% um, but this is the kind of big bold triple IPA that knocked my socks off a few years ago it's knocking my socks off now and that's what I was going to say lovely to revisit this and I thought yeah. that on that Sunday to revisit it probably with a slightly fresher head and fresher palate <laughs> yeah um, I'm really enjoying it again I'm also very grateful I'm not getting any herbaceous I, th- I think maybe that's where I was getting the cheese and onion crisps at, at the beginning. Slightly savoury, yeah. But let's let's never forget that real ale is superior to this. What we're drinking right now. You're just trying to make me choke on the last bit, aren't you? Let's let's never forget that. So we've um we've one more beer to. We have to got drink one more beer. Uh, we we fairly much keeping on on the Manchester theme here. So this is from Steve at Bien Um his Salacia, and I can't pronounce the last word. So I'll ask my, uh, my colleague, who will be as good as me. Cabruvera. Yeah. So this is, um, this is a beer that was a collaboration that Beer Nouveau did with Neptune Brewery and with Melissa Colt. Yep. It's a chocolate orange style, of which there have been a number of variations of. Of this, which we tried at least three. We did. This variation has been aged on Brazilian wood. Which is the Cabu Cabu Vera? Right. The first one to say is it is dark as anything. Is it that that is as dark as the darkest of nights? Yeah. That, that, that we're drinking. There's no light getting through this. That there isn't. Um, but we did again. We did try this at the at, at Beer Nouveau when we was in Manchester. Now that's got a boozy nose, hasn't it? That's a boozy nose. But I tell you what, you can get the wood on that. Yeah. It's just around the edges. And I think you get the hint of orange as well, but the first yes. thing for me is that booze. Yeah. Didn't he have us sucking bits of wood? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he actually gave us bits of wood, but it'd been, it'd been on as yeah. well. Okay. There was no saying no to that. Oh, my word, there's loads going on there. The chocolate really comes through, doesn't it? 
Yeah, that is really come through. That really, it's the sort of dark chocolate, which is that high percentage of cocoa. It's, it's then got that oiliness of chocolate orange. Yeah. That, that that you get that just kind of licks around the. the that wouldn't be Terry's thing. chocolate orange, would it? <laughs> Possibly to to quote another podcast. Can you think of any other chocolate orange? I'm not I'm not quite sure. I was loving that little discussion they were having yeah. on men behaving badly yeah. about chocolate orange. Is there any others? <laughs> I was actually shouting uh, Smarties because the Smarties, the orange Smarties, are orange flavoured. They're the only Smarties that have a flavour in a tube, and and Smarties did capitalise on that over Easter by releasing. Orange, a tube of orange only smarties. I, I know far too much about chocolate. <laughs> chocolate smarties. Yeah. Well, there you go. See, people don't expect this, do they? No, they don't expect the it. The levels you go to. Exactly. So again, just on the on the camera discussion again, just to say thank you to everyone for getting involved. And if there's more, please let us know. Yeah, keep keep it coming because I think this is one that we'll probably keep dipping in and out. Yeah, of and you know, time time. I'm sure that in the publications that I will be getting rather than you now, Steve. Yeah. I'm I'm sure there'll be still bits coming up about this. I'm I'm sure there will. I'm sure. If if anybody else decides to post something ridiculous in that gets published in that, it will, <laughs> that come, out. It will come out exactly. like this evening's one do. But as, as always, if you are going to feedback, use the hashtag opinions, and that might very well get you in the next section of the show. <laughs> let us know, write it down, let us know, write it down, let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness, write it down. So, um, we've had a little bit of negative feedback. We have. Which is great, because actually... I wouldn't go that far. No. <laughs> I, I am from the school of thought that no feedback is bad, and any feedback that you get, you can use to make things better. Yeah, I don't disagree with so, that, but one would always hope to get no negative feedback. No, but it's... I mean, it's not terrible feedback. No, but I'm it's, just saying... It's that, just people no, challenging th- things I've said. I don't, mind, I don't mind getting it. Yeah, but in the interests of balance... It, it's only fair that we read out the negative stuff as, yeah. as, as, as much as we read out the good stuff. So we, we had a comment from um, Rob at Hopzine who said, have to say I'm a little bit disappointed that the only opinion you covered on the double IPA poll was the one that you agree with. There are plenty bitter examples around, but the most popular breweries will always tend to be on trend, set the trends. Now, Rob and I, I had quite the, the, the back and forth over, over that particular comment in, in terms of saying, well, it, it was in a show where we were trying to cover four polls and it may have been a little bit rushed and maybe we shouldn't cover that many polls in, in the future. I, I then did a little bit of digging because my naturally curious nature wanted to, to make sure we had we, we were actually trying to represent both sides but even then I'm fairly certain I said it on the show the voting was very much in favour of people expect the fruity IPAs yes. that you and I aren't necessarily as big a fans as others are however I think I said at the time we didn't have it's like anything when people vote yes they tend not to say as much. Yeah. And it was overwhelmingly yes. Well, it was... From, from that particular poll that, that, that Rob made the comment on, there were, there were 469 votes, and there were 55 comments from those votes. And from those 55 comments, there were only four tweets that actually represented the other side of the argument that wasn't our view. Did we read most of them out? We... Did we I don't think we read any of these. No, either. we did. We read out um, Simon Clark's. 
at Carbon. I'm sure he said the past in hip. I thought he said that. And we definitely read out the uh, Taste Like a Christmas Tree every time. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not, I, I wasn't sure whether we had read those out. Um, the Christmas Tree one, I remember. Definitely. And I thought we'd done the um, Simon one. Don't remember, we, don't, we didn't do John or Anthony's, which you're going to read out in a minute anyway. Yeah, I, just to say that, that and, and just, just in the interest of providing that balance, the, the, the other comments, so to start with, say two, I didn't think we'd covered those two, but if, I, if you feel we did, then... I'm fairly certain, we, the, again, Rob, tell me if I'm wrong, we definitely did the uh, Verdant Cloudwater one, say start a Christmas tree every time. Yeah, but it's, it, it's tough for us to represent a balance when we don't actually get those comments yeah. in. Because we, we will base most of our discussion on the comments that come in. So, so, so the two that we probably missed out, so Anthony Casey at Anthony underscore Casey said, I'd kind of expect double of everything with the brewer deciding on where the balance is. It's a style open to interpretation as any other. I think my main expectation has moved to them being thicker, which, which doesn't necessarily lend itself one to, to, yeah. and the other one was uh, John at beer in the suburb I, I expect juice I sort of want a balance between the two so, yeah and the two that I think we did do was David Markham at DW Markham juicier the better I'll take a dipper from the likes of Verdant Cloudwater Wylam etc over something that tastes like a Christmas tree every time and Simon Clark at Simon Carbon more bitterness than I would like these days past the New England IPA that's a keeper and that's so, so that's the balance yeah that that was all we had to work with was those four and I said I, th- I, I, I thought we'd done two out of four of those yeah well we've done them all now yeah so but you know I'm more than happy like, you know my, my, my thing is that I never want to get criticised about anything in any walk of life let alone on, on this um, but if people you know who we know as well especially you know we know Rob well and we know, we know other people if they want to come back and suggest, suggest that and, and question it I've got no problem with that at all no, I, I haven't. Ch- challenge us. Ch- challenge us and things, and, and we will... But we'll challenge back as well. We will challenge back, and we'll probably always have an answer for everything, but... Well, that's us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we will <laughs> We will challenge back. Uh, and the other one was from Mark Johnson at Mark N. Johnson. There was a recent show where the two, two of you had the same opinion, and I did feel that you were instantly dismissive of comments that disagreed, rather than discussing them. First time I've noticed it, but I did. Sorry. Hashtag bitter in English. Firstly, Mark, don't apologise. No. Because, again, all feedback we can use... Um, secondly, I, I did go back to Mark and asked him if, if he knew what the particular instance was, and he said no. So can't really take that one any further, no. other than reading it out and, and to say we, we try not to be dismissive of people's opinions, but w- when we're trying to provide a balanced argument and a discussion, sometimes it's difficult to provide a balance. Yeah, and also we're often talking about our opinions as well. Yeah, and for. A- Unlike, say, our camera or cast, which were not always aligned, on certain things like beer styles, and the the New England IPAs is probably one of them, we are fairly well aligned in our opinions about that. Absolutely, yeah. Can't help that. I'm not going to suddenly change it just to get balance. No, no, but wherever possible, we will try and provide a, yeah. a, a, balanced, oh, definitely. a, a balanced discussion. Um, so, so next up is Paul's question of the week. Questions, questions, fill my head. Was about uh, beer labelling. Should all breweries need to put more details on their labels? Thinking info like IBUs, vegan free. I, I don't. I don't think he meant vegan free there. <laughs> I think he meant suitable for vegans. Yeah, I do um, like that. Vegan free. Vegan free. You can drink this without a vegan around you. Um, Gluten free, etc. And that was from Paul at UNRCD. So um, 
Do, do do we need to see more information on labels from breweries? I okay, mean, I'm going to give my non. This is just a bit for me, not really, because I fortunately don't appear to have any intolerances to anything. Um, but I'm sure it would be very useful for people who do. And I'm sure you know if I, I'm looking at the Magic Rock can which we had, and they, there's loads of info on that. Yeah, there's it? loads of info on that, and they've got room for the information as well. Um, they, they could put, easily put the information on that. I don't know whether they have it. I, I, but I would never look either, because I don't need to. Yeah. Um, but I would say if if you have to on other foodstuffs, then I see no reason why you wouldn't do it on beer. I would like to see a a warning triangle on beer that states if it's New England style. You were, knew you were going to say that. See, I avoided that. Balance. There we uh, go. Balance. No, no, I would though. I I would like if if it's if it's been brewed in the New England style, I would like it to be made clearer on on labelling that's so, so that I don't spend five or six quid on a can just to pour it down the sink when I okay. enjoy that it. Wasn't, I mean, I think for for Paul's point of view, I think the bigger thing would be bottles and cans could do it, but probably want it to be the information available in pubs and bars because people behind the bar generally don't know no and if it's if it's not on the pump clip well, how are you going to find out it's unlikely that it's going to be on the board i yeah. mean if, if we think about the, the bar that we find ourselves in together most often the owl house in chelmsford yes they'll have pump clips which you can't always see because they are at the back of the bar yeah. but their chalkboard simply says the style, the brewery, the beer, the ABV and the price. That's it. It tells you nothing else about no. that beer. So, And I can understand if you've got intolerances, you want more information. It must be incredibly frustrating. Yeah. That's it. For me, I just have it. I just, fortunately, so far so good, I haven't got any of those intolerances. But I think that for other food stuff, it seems to be more relevant and more important that... They know about it, so why don't why wouldn't you do it with beer? Yeah, and, and you should do it with beer. I've got I uh, I've got a colleague at work. He's gluten intolerant. He just avoids beer now. He just goes straight for cider because I think he's got balls. Getting signed up to camera, and he's got Perry as well. There you go. Because he can't, he, he, he can never find. He can't always find out the information. And it must be very tiresome asking, and then someone going, "I don't know." I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yes, yeah, thank you Paul for your question yes. of the week. We did also have a second question this week as, as well, and this was from James at Gammon Barron. This came in, was it last night? This was last night. This so is I hot off the press. I don't think we've had time to prepare for this. this. This might be a little bit off the cuff. If BBC Two had a weekly 30-minute evening show about beer, what would you include and who would be good to present it? Did you see the owl lady's reply? I, I did, I'm glad she included us. Yeah, we, in, were, we were on there, in, I was quite pleased with yeah, that. Yeah. It's some very good company as well. Oh, very good, yeah. I, I, we've been elevated yeah. in, in that particular pitch. If that, anyone sees us live, we may, may be off that show. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, that's a tough one. An evening show about beer. I mean, you don't see that many. Are we talking like the one show, but on BBC Two's? Would it be called like the Two Show? The Two Show. <laughs> um, I don't know what it would be like. Um, Thirty-minute evening show about beer. I'm not even sure it'd make BBC Two. I might be BBC Three on the red button. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I don't think beer's ever going to be enough mainstream to, to, to do. I mean, what was the last mainstream program? It was probably um, James. James, what, uh, James, James from, May James May from Top Gear doing it with the wine guy uh, I was Clark when yeah. I drove around in a, I'd, I'd like to just see that over and over again going to more and more places yeah. because that was really engaging television it was really good fun 
and there was enough about it, enough about the beer, without it being solely about the beer. And the comedy stints between the two of rocking up to a campsite and not being able to sleep in the camp van, yeah. and Oz always taking him himself off to like a posh B and B or a hotel, <laughs> was was made that quite yeah. amusing. I thought that, I thought that was really good, and I think that's probably the only sort. of it would have to be a show which included beer and wasn't solely about the beer to be an evening show. I'd, I'd, I'd agree. Um, I, I, I'm not even sure I'd want to watch 30 minutes just talking about beer. No, but ch- check out the Owl Lady's response to that. The Owl Lady's response was brilliant. She, she nailed it. Yeah, in, in, definitely in, nailed it. Yeah, in, in that one thing. Um, I think that pretty much brings us to the end of everything we've got, mate. Blimey. So before we wrap it up, what, what do you think about the beer? This is our, our revisit to the beer. It's... Dark chocolate bitterness laced with oily orange, and it does have an overpowering feel like I've chewed on a mouthful of wood. Yeah, however, it's the most it's the booziest feel to a beer today, and it's not even it's, it's not, not the strongest beer, biggest beer that we've had this evening. No, the last 9.2%. Nine 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 percent. Top of that. We've stepped back down for that one. Yeah, we've got sensible, we've got sessionable for the end of the show. We have indeed, yes, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, as always, I'm going to say thank you to everyone for getting involved in the polls that we've run, sending us feedback about previous shows. Um, it's all that stuff that keeps this, this thing running. Oh, um, without, without the engagement, and that's all the engagement, um, this don't work. It's just me and you talking about beer, isn't yeah. it? Nobody wants to listen to that. No, but I listen to us talk about Avengers. Good, good God, who would want to do so? Who'd want to do that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, please keep that coming. Use the hashtag opinions and you can feature on a future show. Um, thanks to Licorice for hosting us tonight, Laganitas for sending us a beer, Steve for being such a fantastic host when we were in Manchester. Yeah. Manchester for being such a great city when we was up there. Yep. And camera for And for holding off the rain. Camera. It rained, it rained only on the Sunday. It rained when we came home on, yes. on, on the Sunday. Yes. Um, do you know what's next? I do. We what? are. We've got a special coming up at Hopstuff Brewery over in Deptford. We have. Which I think is where they held their last beer festival as well. It, it is indeed. We are going to go down and sit and chat with James, who runs Hopstuff. It's, it's his baby. Um, and if you want to hear a, a bit more background about Hopstuff, then um, Steve has spoken to James a couple of times before. I, I have. Um, remarkably... Back in 2013 and 14, so way back, yeah, a so lot of years ago. It'll be quite, you know, if anyone does want it, you know, they're not massively long interviews, but I presume they're in, a, in the back catalogue of the website. Well, I've, they are, but I've kind of also spliced them together as, as a kind of revisit to the origins of Hop Stuff. And that will be out the week before the Hop Stuff special. So if people want to catch up on all things Hop Stuff from when they were first was the early days yeah to where they are now you, you can check that out yeah. on the next show so that should be quite interesting I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to to meeting the guy who I heard you talk to four and five years ago yeah see where it's gone see where he's at see what it's back and at. they've grown they have grown oh, yeah. massively since then so it'll be interesting to, to chat to James about his journey um, as always we love asking people that we chat to questions from our listeners so if you've yeah. got any questions for, for James at Hop Stuff let them, let, let's have them specifically Hop Stuff tap rooms bars beer, beer festivals, beer festivals. Any, anything yeah just any, anything like that ask away and we'll do our best to ask him just let's let's have it and, and we'll share that with James yeah. and that, that'll be the next show um, cheers mate cheers. it's been a pleasure